following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 63 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday? <sighs> Had a good day of... Uh... Hanging out in the city, got to eat some Furious Spoon. I'm feeling great. How about you? Dude, I, so, um, we, we're recording this later in the day. We've been recording, we've been recording all day, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> earlier in the day, we recorded our uh, Halloween episode of uh, The Shining with none other than Marty DeRosa. Uh, <laughs> he showed up dressed, so when I reached out to Marty, so <laughs> for those of you guys unaware, we are doing, uh, like, movie reviews every, we're dropping them every Saturday. The, uh, the last one dropped uh, this Saturday. Um, with marvelous Matt, murderous Matt Nicks, actually, murderous. Yeah, yeah, per his Twitter, murderous Matt Nicks. Uh, we talked about House of a Thousand Corpses. We reviewed it as well as like a half-assed abridged uh, Devil's Reject review. Which, listen, I love that movie, so at some point we'll, we'll give it its proper uh, review. But we, we did that one with him, and then uh, we recorded today with Marty DeRosa for The Shining. And when I reached out to him about recording, he was like, "Yeah, you know, we figured everything out." And he mentioned to me, he's like, I got a really good bit, which I was like, hell yeah, I'm all for it. Like, you know, and uh, he texts me when he's down here and I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll come around back and and pick you up. And I open the back door and I just see because he told me he's like, I'm in the alley. I see walking towards us fucking goddamn Jack Torrance. This guy dressed <laughs> up just like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And it looked it looked spot on. It was eerie. Like I was waiting up in the office and then. I heard you coming up the stairs and you know, you're giving the tour and then he walks in and I just like, you know, you say, what's up? And then I'm like, I'm staring at him and something in my brain broke. And I was like, are, are you Jack Torrance? <laughs> Holy shit. It was like so spot on. It was crazy. The best part about all that though, is that, uh, according to him, he like, he just so happened to have everything together. And it was, uh, <laughs> Sarah, his girlfriend, Sarah Shockey, friend of the show who told him like, Oh, you should put all this together as a costume. So, very fun. It was a very fun episode. Uh, like it, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. But yeah, I um, when I went to go drop him off, I came back and you had mentioned that you went to go get ramen with your family, and I was like, oh, let me let me try going up to Mitsua. Mitsua is this Asian market here in Chicago. So good, they have so many awesome things. Like it's not just uh, it's like a grocery store but also there's like a, a a bookstore in there a bunch of other little like small stores but they have this like really big cafeteria and i would prior to the pandemic i would show up every saturday and i would get myself the uh the ramen combo with a pork bowl every every saturday every sunday occasionally i, I would go and that specific restaurant because there's different restaurants inside of like the big cafeteria area that restaurant's yeah. been closed um, I went there and there was just way too long of a line to get inside. So I was like, ah, whatever. I'm like, I'll go visit my nephews. They weren't home. Apparently, uh, uh, my sister's in-laws, uh, one of their neighbors has, a uh, rented a horse. Oh, wow. Don't know what the occasion was, but, uh, <laughs> I called my sister. She sent me some videos of my poor nephews terrified riding horses. Uh, so I was like, all right. Oh, you know, I'm like Miss Soya, another ramen place. It, it's right here. It's right around the corner. So I was like, let me go check it out. I I've used to go there almost like once a month with Frank 
um and went there they were open because last time i went they were closed i went there they were open and immediately the lady's like oh how many and i was just like oh just the one and so i got to have some ramen finally for the first time since since before the lockdown like the last six months what like six seven yeah. months not had any well, ramen you had thought it might be closed down forever yeah but oh dude it was so good and um like when we're done recording uh your boy's time definitely taking a nap because uh <laughs> i overdid it like uh the itis is kicking in oh boy is it but normally normally i'm plugging those the sponsors of the show we got freelance wrestling uh m3 toys head over to m3toys.com use the promo code pwtcast get 10 percent off uh anything we've got in stock or for pre-order head over to the cryptic closet as well use the promo code pwtcast get a whole ass 20 percent off pick up that uh, wonderful Fanny DeVito Fanny Peck that you're always hearing about. And then last but not least, head over to GorillaPublishingGroup.com and uh, pick yourself up a new comic book. But uh, as you guys all know, I've been doing like the 31 nights of uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. Switching it up. And I have to talk about this one because it's pretty much all I've been talking about since I saw it. Uh, and I'm, of course, talking about the, uh, Adam, the Adam Sandler <laughs> masterpiece, which is Hubie Halloween. Uh, Dave, are you familiar with Hubie Halloween at all? So I saw it, and, and I'll tell you, I, w- I want to watch it. Um, I saw Brody King on Twitter say it's going to be a new Halloween tradition to watch it every year. He said, but I've also, he, said he would die for Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, but but I've also heard from good friends, and like, uh, like my little brother, who's got a pretty similar taste in movies, say it was complete garbage really but nothing in, nothing in between it's either people love it it's one of the greatest things he's done or it's hot steamy shit so i'm gonna watch it and determine for myself because i saw the trailers it looked pretty good but um yeah I, i've been hearing good and bad things about it well first off it looks like me and chris are no longer friends um, yeah. just just kidding chris but like listen it's very much set into like we we're talking about it with uh with marty when we recorded with him it's set in that happy madison universe like yeah from jump street you're you're introduced to a character from one of his past movies and like it's just fun you know like it's very yeah it, i the way i described it was like uh if the water boy was a little bit older and sat during halloween uh, but like also smarter cause he's, he's like, um, he's very innocent, you know, like he's right. very simple. I'll say that, uh, like he's just, he's not street smart, but very fun. Right. Movie, very, listen, very fun movie. Nonetheless, like I really enjoyed it. It's not, again, it's not the departed, which for some reason it's always like my go-to for like something really good. But I mean, the departed is amazing. Uh, it's no departed, but it, it's also very, it's just very fun. Like if you guys have, I think it was like an hour and a, like hour 40, maybe it's not long, but really good. You know, based coming off his last performance of, uh, what was that fucking movie? Uncut gems. Like, yeah. Adam. Well, Sand- I like, I liked uncut gems, but that Adam Sandler was so depressing. Mm-hmm. And I love like early happy Madison, adam sandler and this this is what this movie looks like to me so yes you'll definitely uh and hey a thing i learned which uh i wasn't aware of is there's apparent uh adam sandler's apparently a huge fan of alliteration because uh most of the i learned most of the love interests in all his movies have the initials of v v like you know first name last name 
So very interesting. But keeping in the topic of, of, of movies, uh, and we'll get to this week's episode, I, I promise. I just I got to talk about this. Um, last week, with all the rage was, holy shit, Jamie Foxx is coming in to, to play Electro in this version of Spider-Man. We don't know if it's a new version, an old version, everyone, which has led to everyone be like, oh, are they doing some sort of multiverse stuff? And and now there's talks of like, they might bring back Arju, Andrew Garfield, Gross, and uh, Tobey Maguire, yay. And uh, this week they dropped uh, an even bigger bombshell that Doctor Strange is going to also be in this film, uh, playing the role of like uh, of his new mentor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm more... It's just to me, it's like they're showing their hand a little bit with like, hey, we're doing a lot of multiverse stuff, so get yeah. right, get ready for it. And uh, I'm I'm there for it. I'm I'm excited. Like I love, uh, I love the first off the um, chemistry between Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland. Like I know those two in real life are like good friends. Like they would send those two together uh doing the media rounds because benedict cumberbatch was really good at getting tom holland to shut up and not spoil anything because uh tom holland was he was guilty of like accidentally spoiling things or just like him and mark ruffalo both very bad at keeping secrets uh but you know it's interesting like is his role model in, in tony stark he's no longer with us unfortunately so dr strange is gonna come in and like i'm cool with that i'm cool with dr strange kind of taking up the role of iron man as far as like um uh, surrogate father yeah you know the surrogate father for everyone uh so that's pretty exciting like i'm well i also i also like too because like spider-man is like has a genius intellect and, and a lot of times that kind of gets lost in like cartoons and uh, like the movies. I don't know they they kind of touched on it like um, in the Tom Holland universe, but um, having someone like Doctor Strange, who's like the master of the mystic arts, but he was also a brilliant surgeon. Mm-hmm. You know, some someone that could be his intel- intellectual equal or better um, is great. And you, you you saw that in the comics all the time. Like you would have Spider Man. Uh, doing stuff with Reed Richards, shit like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the intellectual side of Doctor Strange plays into this as opposed to like his mystical side now. But yeah. uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's that Spider-Man, which that Spider-Man movie, which is starting to film next month, I believe. Like they've they're already setting up in New York to, to start filming. Um, I also briefly saw somewhere I forget it might have been comic book news. I don't really remember, but apparently now like talks are heating up about uh, Venom showing up in the MCU. Uh, not that excited about it. I, I really wasn't one. I secretly hope they they just they cast Tom Hardy as Wolverine. I know it's not going to happen, yeah. but that would be awesome. Uh, and also that Venom movie, I don't know. T- to me, was just wasn't that good. You know, it's like an yeah. hour and a half before you actually see him. Um, as Venom, they gotta stop getting him. They gotta stop getting Tom Hardy to do like New York accents. It's not working. Yeah, like he's awesome with uh, his, you know, his traditionally uh, British accent. But yeah, uh, yeah, that those New York accents not not really the best with it. Um, oh, also, I, I have a bit of comic book news on the DC side. I don't know if you heard the rumors and the scuttlebutt about the Batman. But they, they, they shut down to shooting. The word out was like, you know, COVID stopped it. But now there's 
other words saying that that was a cover-up because Robert Pattinson didn't keep up his fitness over the summer and he came on set looking chunky as heck. Really? (laughs) Yeah. If this guy ruins Batman because he couldn't do a couple crunches when everyone has nothing to do but exercise at home, I'm going to be really bad. Well, I know a friend of the show, Jesse Kohlenberg, he he sent me an article. I believe he tagged both of us or might have just been one of us, but um, it was about the movie being delayed until next year or 2022 i believe not 2022 yeah which like listen part of me because there was also some news that came out last week uh about the the snyder cut getting like a hefty sum of money to to film like yeah there at first there was like oh no it's not new scenes just old scenes but no like they're they're doing they, new scenes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely doing new scenes and filming newer stuff, uh, which was ex- to be expected. Like, yeah. they were going to have to, like, when people heard, like, Snyder Cut, um, it's not like there was just hours upon hours worth of footage that they didn't use. A, a lot of it was, right. um, like, drawn pictures of this is what we're going to put in here and, like, un- stuff without, like, VFX. Yeah. So... Uh, part of me was like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe maybe the big DC uh, drop of 2021 will be Wonder Woman and the Snyder Cut. And then, because um, when is Suicide Squad slated to come out? Uh, maybe next know. year? Well, just regardless, I was like, oh, you want? I was like, maybe they want to just separate those two movies. But, I mean, if you're telling me now that uh, dude's a little chubby and he needs to get back into shape... That's a bummer because it's like you said, like that trailer looked so promising and looked so good. And I and I am a fan of his. You know, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, great Twilight Vampire." That was like yeah, he's done, he's done so much more since then. Yeah, that was like that was like eight years ago. Assholes, get over it. Yeah, um, and listen, like from my end, my, my wife's a gigantic Twilight fan. I mean, the entire saga has been seen time and time again in this house, and we've got the books everywhere. But like. Um, that that was like my knee jerk reaction. I'm like, oh, him, and then I'm like, nah, when you stop and think and engage your brain a little bit, he, he's done a lot of good stuff. I just hope, like the rumors are, he came in out of shape and he's being a little difficult. And I can see that with an artist of his type. Um, but like when you get handed Batman, you just got to come in right, you know? Yeah, I'm. <sighs> or don't do it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, again. It looks promising, but DC does have a history of like, hey, this looks really good, and then one one thing or the other happens, and then it falls apart. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but really quick, Dave, before we get into this week's interview, I wanted to give a huge shout out to uh, people who took advantage of our fall sale this week and yes. purchased some T-shirts from us. It's always very much appreciated whenever you guys, uh, well, you know, whether it's a, a T-shirt. I mean, we only sell T-shirts right now, so it only be a T-shirt. Just so disregard that. But whenever you guys purchase a T-shirt. Very much appreciated. Um, so I wanted to give a huge shout out to Joshua Davis who bought another T-shirt. I believe he bought one last week, and uh, our boy Joshua, you know, this guy's uh, starting to put together his own collection of PWT cash shirts. So it's very much appreciated. Uh, we had Christian Romero as well. Thank you, Christian. And then last but not least, wonderful friend of the show who unfortunately is at home right now with a with a broken ankle. So get well better. And I'm of course talking about the one, the only Katie Fabe. Katie Fabe, we love you. Get well soon. Um, but let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's interview. We have the pleasure of talking with Andrew Thompson. Andrew does 
so much writing over at Post Wrestling. He puts together these like very awesome, very detailed reports, along with uh, hosting his own YouTube channel where he also conducts interviews with people. And like the dude's a hustler. Like, yeah, this guy's always putting out content, always putting out stuff. Like, even then, like the the day that we recorded, he was still just. Yeah. He's like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta post some updates real quick. Yeah, which like for us again was totally fine because, um, like we listen, we appreciate a good work ethic. Uh, Dave and I, you know, we we pride ourselves on on being hard workers ourselves. So when we see somebody else, you know, a friend of ours also be that way, it's always like hell yeah. Like those are yeah. the kinds of people we we strive to surround ourselves by people that work hard and are proud of their work and have work that should be um, admired. Um, we, this one's a little bit longer. I, I, I haven't edited done yet, so we'll see how much, how much random, uh, blabbing of mine that I can edit out. Uh, but it was a little bit longer and we kind of went all over the place, but it was really good. You know, like, yeah. um, it, the, the interviewee and him at, at a few points came out and was like asking us questions, uh, very like thoughtful questions, you know, like yeah. there's at one point I, I had no idea as, as a little spoiler, um, he talks to you about fatherhood and, yeah. and he, you know, he, him, he himself is not a father, but he talks about how like, Hey, this is something that, um, eventually, you know, I, I want in my life. And like, I, I don't, I didn't have much to contribute to that. Cause I, for those of you who know me, I am much more content being the, being the fun uncle, you know, the fun uncle, uh, <laughs> that I am having my own children. So it was, it was nice because I don't ever really talk to you about that. You know, like it yeah. just never really comes up with us. So it was fun hearing you talk about that. Uh, really fun and engaging interview with Andrew. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to this week's interview with the one, the only, Andrew Thompson. Stank, from time to time at work, uh, I, I don't really have an office there. Like I have the office up here, you know, that you and I share. Um, but I, it's it's sort of like I have three offices at the shop. And, of course, for those of you who have been to the shop, I'm referring to uh, the three bathrooms that uh, we have at Pro Wrestling Tees because uh, that's where I do all my Internet browsing, you know? I'm, I'm going to share a little bit with everyone. I shared the other day on Twitter that uh, I listen to Up Next when I'm in the shower. Just from time to time, you know, I'll put on podcasts in the shower. But usually when I'm scrolling the Internet – uh post wrestling will post their news updates and that's where i get most of my wrestling news from there's just there's so much going on i don't have time to keep up with all of it but luckily uh the man that we're interviewing today he how he he writes these massive articles covering just everything that's going on in the world of wrestling like even now uh, at this time of we're recording there's so there's like breaking news going on and it's just like oh man uh but of course i'm, I'm talking about uh vampiro's favorite interviewer uh he's a, he's a writer <laughs> interviewer for post wrestling he has a his youtube channel andrew thompson interviews as well as he uh hosts bushby and thompson's wrestling adventure along with friend of the show martin bushby of course ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about the one and only andrew thompson andrew how are you doing oh what an intro man i feel i feel welcome i feel welcome uh it's thank i appreciate y'all having me on the podcast man as i told y'all we was off here i always try to check out the podcast whenever i can i always like the type of style and interviews that y'all do like it's not primarily wrestling based even though there's wrestling content in it but it's like you know y'all just chatted up with whoever the guest is and it, like a real smooth conversation man so you know I'm, I'm looking forward to being on here with y'all well see first like 
with with the intros themselves, one of my favorite things that like Kevin Smith uh, would do on his podcast was his like intros because he would he would talk about like whoever person it was for like ten minutes. He would just tell this like massive long like ten minute story about the person, and you just hear the person like in the background just like waiting to like to jump in or kind of just like laughing and giggling. And like the thing with us is everyone that we interview, it's someone, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, we should talk to this person because like we might get, you know, a, a few more retweets or a lot more downloads. Mm-hmm. Like it's usually just like, Hey, I know this person. They're pretty cool. Let's talk to them. So usually get, you know, both of us, we have things like positive things at that to say about the person. Um, but no, I mean, and you know, thanks for, for the compliments on, on how we do the podcast. That's another thing where it's like, Dave and I were like, oh, we should do a pod, like a wrestling podcast, but not really have it be like the no wrestling at all. <laughs> no, you know, the thing, the, the thing with us, it's like it even like I've jumped in a few times to host like up next with Braden, and it's him doing the play by play, him doing everything, and then me kind of just like, yeah, I love Johnny Gargano. He is awesome. I really like mm-hmm. him. You because that's just like not with me and Dave. Like we'll watch wrestling and stuff, but it's never like. You know, and then they do a tope suicida over the top rope, and then it's none of that. So we're like, oh, this is just thirteen and one, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, that's why we're always just like we say, like, oh, it's our favorite uh, wrestling podcast. It's not about wrestling, but um, like, and even like, even, to be honest with you, like, I'll watch your interviews that you do on your YouTube channel, and like, I'll be like, man, I'm like, from time to time, Stan can attest to this. I'll be like, dude, I'm like, we got we got to step it up, man. I'm like, I, I will show yeah. you, like, specifically when uh, when we were interviewing Nick Aldis, I remember telling you, because I, I had seen the one that you did with Nick Aldis, and uh, I think we both had pretty lengthy conversations with Nick Aldis. It, <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, afterwards, I was just like, we were both kind of like, yeah, man, boy can talk. Like, the guy yeah. can, <laughs> the guy's pretty conversational about it. Um, but, like, and I, I heard your, I know your origin story, but... I think I think the masses should hear it. How did you get started with post wrestling? Because like prior to you, it was pretty much just like everyone that came over who worked uh, at the law, and then like Davy joined uh, when the other David uh, left up next. But how did you get started with post wrestling? Man, it was a it, I, I don't want to say it's a long story, but uh, I started covering wrestling, uh, civilly writing about wrestling in 2017 when I was in uh, community college. And honestly, like when, when I started it, like it was just a way for me to like earn money when I first started it. And that's because I was in community college and I was just like, man, I, I need to find a way to, you know, just basically get some money in my pocket and then uh, by, by actually doing something that I actually wanted to do. And then I eventually ended up finding that way and I started uh Writing for I I can I can name drop websites on you right that's cool yeah go ahead you name drop websites you, you, you I, I can cool name drop there. anything <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I uh, started writing for uh this website called E Wrestling News and they kind of gave me my first start like just for covering wrestling and stuff like that and of course you know me just being a massive wrestling fan I instantly fell in love with just covering it and then you know learning the kind of the, the ins and outs of the business per se and then um, eventually I made my way to um, Laws of Pain started writing for them, and then I wrote for uh, FIFO as well. And then in the summer of 2019, uh, that's when I reached out to John and I asked him, uh, because I was I uh, left FIFO, and I asked John, I was like, I wanted to join Post Wrestling. 
um, once I departed FIFO. And then, um, yeah, I just reached out to John and asked him, like, I sent him some of my work. And he he told me, uh, at, at first, he, he initially said that he didn't have the uh, the room right now. So, you know, knowing me, I kept uh, I kept following up on those emails I sent, <laughs> the, the, the initial email I sent. And then I uh, finally got through, and then he told me that I, I could do one of the news updates. And I swear to God, when he told me that, I made sure I loaded that thing up. I sent like probably like twenty something pages worth of notes to to John that to John when uh to submit the news update. And then I I kind of figured like from that point on, I was I, I was in. Well, like, and that's the first thing. It's like it's admirable. I think, and I know John. I mean, you probably know more than me. But it's like the kind of person he is. It's like clearly he sees like, oh, here's like someone who's determined and driven to like want to do this. And so like, let's give him a shot. And clearly like people are always complimenting the newsletters that you put up and the the updates. And like it's like I said earlier, there's it's not just a few tidbits here of what's going on. It's like, hey, this is going on here. This is going on here. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I had no I had no idea this person had a podcast or I had no idea this person had a YouTube channel. Um, but it's always like really informative and stuff. And I like, again, it's really helpful because there's so much going on that like, I don't always have time to like, it's being where we work. Most of the time it's someone coming up to like a group of people and just going, Hey, did you hear, uh, right. this, did you hear this happen? And it's just like, what? And we all like pull out our phones and instantly go to like to Twitter <laughs> or, or, you know, like, Fightful or whatever it is. But, no, nah, man, like, that's got to take, like, dedication. Like, sometimes I'm like, how does, like, how do you do it? How do you have time for all of it? Um, but, no, nah, man, I, like, I, I, again, like, we, we, we dig that because, again, it's, like, there's this, like, weird thing with, like, wrestling fans where, like, we all kind of just instantly bond at first. <laughs> like, and, and it's not always, that, like, sometimes, you know, you meet someone, you bond them a little bit, and then you're just like, ah, uh, you know, they're, they're you know they're a cool cat and everything but like i'm gonna you know just say hello at a wrestling show or two and just go my way um but definitely with you like even with because i think the first time we got to speak was uh for the christmas show last year or yep. for post wrestling and it was like one of those things where i, I literally remember I, I stepped out like on my lunch to talk and then afterwards i was like oh hey stank i'm like we gotta get this guy on and this was before we were like doing yeah. phone interviews really because like Stank and I, for the longest, we wanted to just commit to like let's do just in-person interviews because there is something yeah. different. And you, you having done interviews yourself, you can you know you can attest to this. Like it's different being like on the phone with someone interviewing them as opposed to like being there in person because it's always just like a different this is a different vibe, you know. Like, um, mm-hmm. what's that been like for you as well? Because like I know you've had to do a lot of your interviews like through Skype as well, as opposed to being able to go out to like actual shows. Cause we had talked about like, Oh man, Hey, for all in or for all out, like let's get together, come by the pro wrestling tea store, you know, we'll, we'll give you the tour and everything. And then, you know, the world shut down. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for, firstly, I did want to say like, uh, you know, when we first, I, I, yeah, the, when we, when we first started like communicating, that was around the, uh, the time of the Christmas show or after the Christmas show. And like, I just want to tell you, like, I always appreciate you showing love, you know, with the with the retweets and stuff. And I always make sure to retweet the podcast when I see it. Like, that stuff means a lot. Like, I don't ever take that stuff from granted for, from anybody. So, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for that. And, it's, you know, it's greatly appreciated. No, but, for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it, like, it, it's the thing with, with Stank and I. Like, we don't have, 
you know like the biggest outreach but like staying like with us it's like if any of our friends do anything like that's like oh something cool or something they put work in yeah because what what's uh you know what's it like in a retweet gonna fucking cost us five mm, five right. seconds of our day and especially with you putting out like good content like i you know, I want my friends to like hey look at this look at what my buddy andrew did so no it's always very much appreciated for us as well you know it's it's it, it is appreciated yeah no doubt no doubt but uh yeah man with the with the interviews like honestly i i, I yeah i did my first video video interview last november that was the first time i ever did a video interview and i was nervous as all hell i did it at a an independent show with with Trisha Dore, and that was like my yeah, that was my first one. And like honestly, when I first went into it, I can't I can't even begin to explain the nerves I had just because like me being on camera. And like of course I didn't want to mess up any of the audio or anything like that. But she was so chill, and then like at, like by her being chill, that made me chill. So everything was just smooth from that point forward. But yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. I think video interviews and you know being right beside the person or being across from the person is like. I, I don't know. It's like something that just adds to the overall feel of the interview and just the overall amount of like the the, the better discussion that you guys would have if you're face to face opposed to, you know, doing audio or, you know, or, or doing, you know, Skype or, or, you know, something along those lines. Like I, even this podcast, like I, I was convinced I was like the next time uh, it is like a star cast or some type of big, big weekend uh, in Chicago. I'm coming to the PWT. <laughs> I'm coming to the store, man, and we we we're gonna record the podcast in person. I was convinced, and then the whole pandemic shut down. Cause like, because I, I, I know um, AEW was probably gonna have a Starcast or something for the uh, for All Out, and I I know it's uh, that show always takes place in Chicago. So I was like, it, it is. That's where it's gonna happen. Everyone do the, the the live show. I mean, that's that was yeah. The- we we were so bummed out that 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 this is happening because like we we were excited last year for this, and you know. We would have done all out this year. It this whole COVID thing sucks. Yeah, yeah it definitely does. Especially because like you're one of many people who were like with Stank and I who have had the conversation of it would have been fun if we would have gotten to hang out during like all out weekend, like specifically <laughs> that week, like because when we were we were watching the show together, and it was a lot of like people messaging us or us messaging people like remember how remember we all sat together at the last show. That was fun, but I think it is also like I don't know about like for you guys like for me like as a wrestling fan it's kind of made me like oh when I'm able to go to like live wrestling again it's gonna make me just appreciate it so much more because not that I didn't prior like especially because most of the live shows that I would go to were like local freelance shows here because it's like you know it's it's our company or like AEW shows that would come into town occasionally a takeover. Like if takeover would would, mm-hmm. would come on through, um, but it was always like you know we all made an event of it. We'd all go and it would always just be so much fun. But like now that it's gone and it's just like, oh yeah, like I am miss- especially with those AEW shows. It's like I was used to quarterly seeing a bunch of friends from out of town or traveling somewhere to to you know work in conjunction with AEW or Starcast or whatever the case was, but. Yeah, and and listen, it'll it'll definitely happen. Like a part two in person will definitely happen because, like, like that's just the one thing we like. Snake and I miss the most. Like we we got to do like what was it like Warhorse was the last person that we got to do in person, and he was telling Dave and I where he's like, hi, he's like, I I, I don't really like doing them over the phone. I like doing them in person. It's just it's different, and 
that was probably what like since the pandemic dave that we like yeah it, like a non-pro wrestling tease person that we got to interview in person and yeah, it, it was that, that, that interview was great by the way oh thanks man yeah like it's with it's it's always funny with steak and i were after we're done interviewing we we'll always be like man that especially with someone we haven't spoken to before we're like that person was the nicest person ever like we should get them on every week like uh it's the case of, like with effie like dave and i first time we interview oh. effie like stank how, how how was that for us yeah we well for, we were like in this little dingy hallway uh mm -hmm. at a freelance show and he, he kind of like in talking to him he's like he's like yeah i do a lot of these interviews and then once we got into it, he's like, I just realized we haven't talked about wrestling. Can I give you my two-minute wrestling history pitch? And then he just did it, and we got it out of the way, and then we talked about, like, the Mandalorian. <laughs> but, like, he's very much a kindred spirit to the show. That I, I, That's what I really like, honestly, about the interviews that y'all do. Like, And, and it's not like y'all are even trying to avoid wrestling. It's just, like, there's so many other things to talk about, like, just in everyday life that y'all touch on. And then about it, like the 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 40 minute mark of the podcast y'all like oh damn yeah uh so what, what do you got going on this weekend wrestling and that, that that's like that's like one of the best parts that i like about the podcast that you guys do well it's also because i think like a lot of people have that thing where and i know i know dave and i are guilty of it too like when you meet a wrestler it's they're this rock star you know like even uh, like right before we started recording uh, Dave and I were talking about how the other day uh, CM Punk like he he came in on his uh, moped to to pick up his um, like monthly residual check from from t-shirts or whatever like he lives a few blocks away so he just walks up here every now and then and there's still that thing whenever he walks into the store like a lot of people who kind of just like oh shit like it's CM Punk and like even right. even me who like of the people that are aside from like our bosses like we're cordial with each other like he'll just be like oh hey what's up man and i'm just and like in my head i'm like dude 13 year old me oh. would be shitting his pants right now if i told him that like me and cm punk are just standing around talking about like fargo or you know whatever the case is uh like how have you found that like getting to like sit you know talk with the wrestlers and like get to know the person behind them because again it is it is a thing where it's like at the end of the day these people are people and because yeah. of, because of the way like and not even just like america but just the way the world is with like celebrities it's always like oh here's this demigod who uh you know everybody <laughs> worships but i get to talk to them about uh when they put on their spandex but like what's that what was that like initially for you because i know i mean now you're probably used to it but like those first few interviews probably had to be like nerve-wracking no yeah, for sure. It, it it definitely was like it, it was even to the point where like I, I wouldn't even like to do I, I didn't like to do um any audio or video interviews like I would just strictly keep it uh via email or, or do the DMs and you know type out my stuff through that. Like I remember um I had the chance to interview uh Killer Cross, Carrying Cross now one time. It was back in twenty 2018 uh and i did it via dm and he he offered to uh do an audio but i was so nervous i was like i can't i can't i can't do it bro i was like i, I gotta keep it keep it through the dms and you know it, it is what it is but like i think over time i just gradually just you know got comfortable with it and just like you know like you said these are regular people but the uh, i say most the most recent time that i i've had that like little starstruck moment when i was like 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 this is legit was when i um interviewed christian Mm -hmm. Back in May, dog, 
Like, <laughs> I remember when I, I remember when I woke up for that interview because it was early because he was doing the movie tour and all the other slots were taken up. So I had the, the 8 a.m. slot, 8.30 a.m. And I was like, I woke up super early for that. And I remember when I was, sit, I was sitting on the call and I'm sitting there and I'm like, like, I'm really about to talk to Christian right now. Like, this, this is crazy. So when, when I saw his name uh, pop up on the, um, the little Zoom, the Zoom chat thing, and I saw his camera cut on. I'm like, I, I kind of froze up for for like a quick second because like I didn't know what to say. I was like, dog, this is Christian. Like, what do I say right now? But like, but like, yeah, like after that, that was probably that was probably the last time that I had that like really like superstar struggle. I mean, because because I mean, like when you that, that's Christian, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like watching that dude all the time when I was when I was a kid and like doing him and Ed's moves on the, on the couch and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that, sure, was, that, sure that was one of those moments. I'm sure never at any point when you were trying to like copy the unprettier, uh, you know, like a, a sibling <laughs> or a little cousin, did you think like you were going to be interviewing him? Right. Exactly. No, a hundred percent, man. Like that, that was, that was for sure. One of, one of my favorite interviews that I did. He was, and then the thing is like, I, I like, I'm pretty sure as you guys know, like once you get through like probably like the initial, awkwardness or the initial stage is like you realize these people are cool as hell and they they like they just want to talk and you know the same thing that you want to do and just have a good conversation it's well I, I think what both like me and you know Berto have found out is sometimes it's so shocking how normal most of these yeah. people are like <laughs> like when you're a kid and you're like a wrestling fan you always imagine like the cool stuff like all the lights and like oh i'm going from town to town and then, like, you kind of don't realize sometimes they're probably sick of that and they just, like, want to just be a normal person for a while. So, like, it's it's alarming how, like, Warhorse, for instance, all caps all the time whenever you see him. But, like, when he was sitting in here, he was kind of soft-spoken and, and thoughtful. And I was like, this is so, like, far from kind of what you would expect as a fan. But it's kind of nice. See, I, I think back to... Um, like the first, I think the, the, cause like the first few interviews that, um, and at first it was just like me doing the interviews cause it was mostly like, it was the weekend of SummerSlam over in Canada. Cause I was like, Oh, you know what? I was like, I'll get some interviews out there. And then I went and did like some other ones, but I think like the most nervous I was and and most of these people were friends. So it was very easy. But like the first time I had, I got to interview, uh, John and way. Dude, I was I was so nervous. Specifically yeah. because at first I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I'll do two separate interviews. And then ultimately I was like, oh, you know what? Let's just do one. Because I was I was so nervous. And then uh the the night before, I don't know if I've I don't know if I've told this story, it'll be an exclusive. But like the night before I go out, it was me, Brayden, and a friend. And uh I met up with uh, another friend of mine. We wound up hanging out and like where we were at, it was it was really far. It was like by the airport. And it was just late, and like my friend, she was like, "Hey, you should you could just crash here if you want." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." I'm like, "I'll I'll get an Uber in the morning because I was just tired." So I wake up. I forgot to set my alarm, and the inter- we we're supposed I was supposed to meet up at John's house at like like noon, I believe it was, and I wake up at uh, at eleven, and so I'm just like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "I don't even know if I have any time," and so I immediately call like the lift get in the lift and i i remember telling the guy i was like i'll tip you 20 dollars if you can get me you know get me to the bde in 20 minutes please because i still wanted to like mm-hmm. shower and everything and god bless this uber driver because he got me there he, he got me there in like under the 20 and like i make it and i i show up 
And I'm like, I'm in the post wrestling, you know, office. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! And like, I'm sitting here, and I was just so nervous because it's kind of like you mentioned, you know, like I mean, it's different for you with Christian because this is someone you've grown up and and watch. But like, as far as with podcasting, like these guys I've listened to religiously for, I don't know, at that point, like you know, two three years, and it's right. just, you know, it's like, oh, okay, these people do this for a living this is the third time I've sat down with someone to, to try and do this. And I remember like messing up my intro. Like they were someone who in my head, I'm sitting, I'm like, all right, I'm going to say this and, and that and then, <laughs> and then this and messing it up like twice. And I'm just like beat red in the face. I, I know like they didn't say anything, but they were so cool. And then there always is that factor of like, once the ice is broken, super easy to talk to. Like, you know, we've done other interviews like with with Way because I mean, John, same thing. That man's always busy, so it's always easier to catch Way, specifically because he's always like up at the same hours we are. But no, nah, man, it is always like nerve wracking. Like, if there's any of you guys listening right now who, and from time to time, like we'll get people like, hey, like I'm thinking about starting up a podcast. I think the one thing that like, like you got to know is, unless you're super outgoing and super confident, like it's gonna be fucking nerve-wracking that's why like i always say like like start out start out with some friends you know like if if anyone's listening right now and you're like oh you know what this uh andrew and david they they know what they're talking about i should start my own start out interviewing some friends because once you do get like that one big gat you know you're just like um so um oh sorry what was i saying and you just you kind (laughs) of slip up it happens with us from time to time that's i wanted to ask y'all so like even with like you, like how how you guys conduct your interviews and how you run your podcast. Like, do you think that it's more so like your your everyday personalities that help you make the the shows go so smoothly? Like, because both of y'all are obviously just too chill dudes. So, like, do you think that that kind of like just just how you are in everyday life? Do you think that helps with the interviews going so smoothly? I mean, I'd say so. I, I like not that we're too cool dudes or like, but like, <laughs> like I I think I think part of it is. Like for our interviews, like have you ever seen like when a wrestler would do a Comic Con panel, or even like you go up to to do their autograph, and almost everyone asks them the same: "What's your favorite match? Uh, who, who, living or dead, would you want to wrestle the most? What's your contract um, status? Yeah, what's your contract <laughs> status? Um, who, who from another company would you like in your? It's always the same question, and like." it's stuff that maybe you didn't hear personally from the guy, but he's probably answered that question 700 times that mm-hmm. year already. Right. And so like both Berto and I made like a conscious effort of like, let's not ask him, let's try not to ask him the same stuff that they always get asked. And, and it's hard because like so many people talk to these guys, but I think it makes the conversation easier when you're like, you know, we tend to our crutch is like well hey what are you watching on netflix a lot but like to them they, they don't get to talk about that a lot they're on the road and that that's probably all they're doing on the road is like eating lean chicken and steamed broccoli and watching netflix and stuff so for them to be able to talk about something and maybe decompress a little bit it's almost like they're talking to a friend like i, I found like that's that's how it went with brody king we were kind of nervous and then he was like oh yeah fuck i love Watchmen," and we're like great perfect it's, so. and see, like for me at least like i think 
at the shop that we work with, David is like the nicest person ever, you know? And mm. it's he's someone who's like very easy to talk to. And I, specifically when it comes to like everyone that we work with, like I get along with everyone. And one of my things that I try to do is talk to everybody. Like I'm not necessarily like best friends with everybody there, but I try to just like at least have that line of communication with everyone specifically because like with my position, um, I like to just have that open line of communication. So if there's any sort of problem that anyone has, it's like, come, it's like, come to me first. I'll try to solve it before you like, you go bother, you know, like the, the other bosses with it. But I mean, especially the thing too, it's like Dave and I, and it's like the one thing that I like about like you and the way you present yourself, it's like, you're authentic. You know, like you don't try to be someone that you're not like, I've never watched one of your videos where you're just like, Hey, what's up guys? Cool guy, Andrew here. And I'm about to fucking interview Christian, (laughs) you know? And it's the same thing with us. Like we never try to, uh, like pretend that we know more than we do, you know, like I'm not gonna bring up some like obscure wrestling from like the seventies and then halfway through be like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually just kidding. I have no idea who these wrestlers are. You know, like to me, listen to me, if I could interview everyone from like, and we're around the same age, so I'm sure it'd be the same with you. But, like, if I could interview everyone that, like, wrestled between, like, 2005 and, like, 2011, mm. I'd be good. You know, I could sit there and be like, yo, uh, Rene Dupree, remember when you and Kenzo Suzuki were a tag team on SmackDown? That was fucked up, right? You know, like, it's just – and, again, most of most of what me and Dave talk about in front of the microphone, it's just what we're talking about when we get off, like, off on the microphones – that's why we had like the whole like hey let's just start talking about comic books and movies and like netflix and shit because a lot of the times people were like oh hey we really like hearing about that stuff and so we're like fantastic then you want to hear us talk about uh you know watchmen for the whole summer guess what that's what we're gonna fucking do but i mean it is just like again trying to present yourself as like who you are because like I wouldn't want to like, I imagine like all the podcasters, like I listen to the ones that I've met, it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like you are who you are. Like you're the person that I hear every Monday or Tuesday or whatever the case may be. The case in point with John and way, like I met them when I like gave them the tour to the store and I was like, Oh, okay. Like that, that is who you guys are. Like you guys are very much the people that you present yourselves as like through the show. And, um, like with, all of us, like we do interviews. I think there is that uh, thing like from people that listen to it is that they become familiar with us. Like, if that makes any sense um, where like they fall, you know, like especially anyone, anyone who's been listening to like this show for the last, uh, with maybe this episode 63. So for the last 63 weeks, they've been listening to like us weave this story. And then like weekly we'll bring on friends to talk about like whatever the case is, you know, whatever's going on in the world or just like with our friends. And I don't know. I think the the long winded answer, the long winded answer to that is just, I think uh, like uh, us being authentic because again, in same thing with you, like that's why like I've never like heard like, Oh, again, you know, Hey, cool guy, Andrew here, ready to fuck shit up. I've never like Mm -hmm. seen that guy. uh, But I do now hope that is like a character of yours that you, you know, <laughs> no, but for like I, I agree with you just said. Like I think that's just the gist of like everything. Like just in everyday life in general, bro. Like I think it's just important to just be 
yourself and like, I, I, I like it's free to be yourself man you ain't gotta pretend to be nobody and I think I think that's that's more like attractive to other people is when you just you know just do you and just be who you are as an individual and I think that just makes everything more smooth in life in general so like I always kind of just been you know just laid back I guess and like just relaxed and you know just keep a cool head like that's so I, I think I get that from my pops because <laughs> he's the same way can't, can't can't get a lick of emotion out there man for nothing <laughs> but except for love of course except for love but you know bitch y'all know what I'm trying to say yeah like I think I think with with like with me it's a lot of like especially what I'll do at work um it's like I almost always feel like I'm working on like a stand-up routine you know like I'll walk around and <laughs> because I think like when I was a kid I don't know about you guys but like the one thing is but you mentioned your dad like I always wanted to make my dad laugh like I felt yeah. <laughs> like I felt like if I w- if I made my dad laugh, I was I was George Carlin. I was Chris Rock. I was the funniest person in the room. And like to this day, I'll do, you know, like I was, I was just like walk around, and like, especially with, with Dave, because his his work area is all the way on the other side of the room. So I was like, as I'm weaving my way over there, like I'll find someone and just like, you know, practice my two minutes on them and make them laugh. No, it's like, all right, well, I guess I didn't make them laugh. Then I'll go over by Dave's area and be like. I'll find someone and I'm like, hey, Julio. And I just start, like, you know, telling the same joke and yeah. get a laugh. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But I think D- that. Dave, I, D- I was about to ask you, Dave, are you easy to make laugh? Like, are you one of those people, like, somebody could, like, walk up to you and, like, say, like, applesauce or some shit like that and you start laughing? Oh, you know what's funny? Like, yes, one. Like, <laughs> you say to my daughter, like, I'll say, I'm going to make you laugh with one word. And it's the same word as being or beans. And I'll just, like, look at her. I'm going to make you laugh with this one word. And, like, she can't not laugh if I say beans, like, staring in her face. But, but like, what Berto said, he'll come around and then, like, he'll tell a joke. And then normally he'll turn into everyone in the room turning on stupid Michael and just just slam dunking on him for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's the best. But I think it's, all, it's also, like, uh, like, a, like, out of love, you know? Because – yeah. yeah. Like and I don't know if it's like specifically like a guy thing, you know. Like I have like I have no problems at telling like uh, any of my guy friends like, oh, you know, like I love you, man. Anything like that, I have no problems with that. But it's yeah. at least to me, I find that it's much better to just like, man, like you really came in here wearing those shoes today, huh? Like you really woke up and thought <laughs> though, wearing those shoes today was a smart idea. And that's my way of like, you know, hey, Paul, I love you, man. Because it's yeah. just like easier. And I, again, I think I don't know if it's like a guy thing or just. Uh, you know, sure. I, but I don't like, know. Ba- like, re- really, like specifically, like with the touch on what you just said, like probably over the past two years or so, I I probably say I've been like more frequent with that, like with you no know, telling my love was of course telling my cousins and you know my my my, my stepbrother and you know telling people like that, you know just to, you know just tell your folks that you love them, your friends and stuff like that, you know. And just make sure you continuously tell them that every day because, like, you know, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, you want to make sure that you let your folks know, you know, that that you that you care for them. You know, and, 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 that, and some of that stuff, man, that stuff made people day. I remember, uh, what was it, yet, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I just texted my aunt out of random. I was like, you know, I love you. And then she was like, that made her whole day. You know what I'm saying? Like, little, mm-hmm. little stuff, like, cause you never know what somebody going through. Like, we all individuals and, you know, we all you know everybody got their own individual struggles and everybody has their own battles that they fight that they don't share with the public mentally emotionally everything but you know just while you saying something like that to somebody that that knows you very well or you know them very well and you know that that can just change their day like with a snap of a finger just like that well i think that's something like like our generation 
has kind of like figured out, right? Like, like our dads and maybe even our granddads didn't really express like that. And I know that's not everyone's <laughs> case, but like, you know, back then it's like, Hey, we, we need our kids to be hard and shit. And then like, yeah, there's time true. you end up losing family members and you're like, fuck, I never said I loved you or mm. not even just, I love you just the things left unsaid, you know? And like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. Like if I see someone at work walking by, like, like Eric Zinselman, I'm like, man, you look at like a million bucks today. What are you doing? And then like, he knows I'm being an idiot, but like, you know what I mean? Instead of cutting people down and, and that's, what's really good about like pro wrestling keys in general. I mean, we cut each other down constantly, but like, it's never, <laughs> it's even with like a hard edge and everyone's in on the joke for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's what like our generation is really good at expressing. Hey man, I care about you. And, not even having a qualifying like, Hey, I'm not gay for you, but I do like you as, you know, we don't even have to do that. It's just like, whereas like past generations felt like they needed to just Clarify, be macho yeah. all the time. Well, yeah, and it's like, you don't need that. Like I remember as a said, kid, as a kid growing up is always like, I love you, man. No homo. And, like I don't know why. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know why we like we. I mean I know why we had to say that because we were like twelve and you know, God forbid a twelve year old like say how they feel, but mm. I don't ever have to do that anymore now. And like I'll openly, you know, like again just express how I feel to people, and I don't ever, I don't ever really have to feel like oh man these guys you know Andrew and Dave are about to fucking make fun of me <laughs> and call me a Sally because I said I have feelings. Like this is. Not really a thing anymore. Yeah, it, it, that that whole generation and that whole like well that that generational mindset is kind of like on its way out. I think I think that's kind of you know moving to the wayside a little bit. I, and I like that, bro. Like you could you could tell your close friends, you know, or anybody, like just be like, you know, I love you, you know, just let them know how you feel because you know, like like you just said, you know, you never know what could happen tomorrow, what could happen next week, or what could happen next year, you know. So. To just let no let your people know, man, because you just never know. It is also like, uh, I mean, aside from like breaking those like generational things, um, it is just positive like affirmation, positive like mental affirmation. Because like there, you know, I've had my like I've had those like little bouts of just for whatever the case is, like feeling down and stuff, and. Mm -hmm. like and people have like different outlets like some people draw some people make music like i know in, in my case like this is this is like my you know my end all be all like i like so i'm selfishly such like a other like i don't say i want to say selfishly but like whenever people are like oh hey man like i really like the show i'm just like yeah tell me more you know but it's it's because, <laughs> it's because one like i know how much like work dave and i put into it and it's also like with so so much out there, so much media to consume. Like someone someone went out of their way to be like, you know what? I want to hear I want to hear what Dave and, and Stank have to say this week. You know, because again, there's there's so much. It's like with wrestling. You know, like there's so much wrestling. Where do you choose? It's the same thing with podcasts. Like think of think of any podcast and you know any concept for a podcast. Oh, I want to. You know what? I want to hear a podcast where people review movies. Well, good luck because there's probably a thousand of them and to like find the specific one, you know, like that's why whenever people mention like wrestling podcasts, I'm always like, oh, post wrestling, like you like hearing like breakdowns, go to post wrestling because those guys do it so well. Like I, I would much rather give John and Way 
uh, money via Patreon so that I can hear them like review this stuff and have to sit through like a three hour Monday night raw and just be like, man, I could have been doing laundry. I could have been, <laughs> I, you know, I could have been making dinner. There's so many other things I could have been doing, but like, I don't know. Like what, are, like I, I, so as far as like for me, I feel that's like the most rewarding thing that like we get, you know, cause Dave and I like there's like today, today in the shop, we had friend of the show, Ryan Mears, uh, come in and like, just that people want to come in and just talk to us and just be like, Hey man, I really like this episode. And Oh yeah, that was funny. Like they make references to things we've said. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, we, we did fuck. We did talk about that. But like through, you know, like you're through working at like post wrestling, what do you feel has been the most like rewarding thing? Like aside from Vampiro, like Vampiro putting you over, that was fucking, that was cool. <laughs> as fucking like for, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Andrew, tell the story of, of Vampiro. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I want to touch on the other thing that you said too, but just to share the, uh, the Vampiro story. So, basically, you know, me, I was interviewing him and uh, Michael Pats uh, for the uh, for the documentary uh, that Vampiro has out. Well, it, it came out, it, it debuted last year at a festival, but it's like out out now. And uh, like we we just you know had a good 17, 18 minute interview, maybe twenty minutes, and then I just made sure to get. Michael's uh, questions in as well, and not specifically focus on Vampiro, specifically focus on wrestling. I wanted to talk to Michael about, you know, his directing uh, career and like the 15 plus years of experience that he has, and you know, just kind of sh- sharing the wealth a little bit as far as the attention goes during the interview. And I think that really, I- I'm assuming that's what you know Vampiro liked was that I didn't like just x out Michael from the conversation, and you know, at the end of the conversation, I'm just wrapping it up, and I think that's it to close it up because the, the PR guy was telling me he was like yeah you gotta wrap it up I'm like all right here we go and then uh before before they wrapped it up Vampiro you know just went on this you know nice nice little little rant about me and I, I was I, and on the inside I, like you you can't you can't tell when I was because I was I played it cool on, <laughs> on the like on the outside but like on the inside I was like dog what in the hell is going on right now I was like is he serious like this is crazy I, I was amped up on the inside but on the on the outside I was like you know what let me let me keep a cool head I'm gonna keep a straight face I'm gonna I'm 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 throw a little smile in here real quick, but yeah, no, no, that was cool, man. I appreciate you know Vampiro, you know, saying that because you know it, it like it, it's always good to get that affirmation. You know what I mean? It's always good to hear those compliments and you know that reassurance and that what you are doing is good work. And then you know uh, Vampiro has sent me um he sent me one of those little uh, care package uh, things for his um his movie. He sent me the the Blu-ray disc and the uh, some 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 letter when he was like you you better share this on um. On, on, your, on your Instagram, well, my, Michael sent me the the, um, the, uh, the 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 letter and was like, "You better share this on your Instagram, like in a jokey joke type way." But they sent me a nice little letter and stuff like that, and it, it was cool, man. You know, like just to hear that from somebody that's you know as respected as he is in, in, in wrestling among his specific circle. So you know that that was a cool experience. But like just just as far as post goes, like honestly, man, like like when, when I like when I first joined Post, like. That was like one of the things that really that I always found like really cool about the site, specifically about the writing portion, was how like everything was concrete and how everything was solid and how John and Wade made sure that it wasn't like you know just just like reporting anything you know what I'm saying like posting stuff that's not a hundred percent accurate or at least in the ninety percent range accurate like they always had like hard facts with everything that they post and everything was like clear cut and the writing was so proficient and I was like that like I, I'm a big writing head man I, I love like that's like one of my biggest passions so like when i when i i was like you know what i, I really do want to be a part of 
pose. And that was, that was legit one of the main things that drew me in. I was just like, I love how the site runs, man. Like, it's like, of course, you got all the great podcasts. Like, I think that goes without mentioning, honestly. But, like, it was just the way that they handled news and the way that they handled reporting. And I was like, dude, this is like, boom, right here. This is it. Like, th- th- these dudes are it, man. So, yeah, that, that was, like, one of the main things that, you know, that, that drew me in the post. But now that I'm, like, in, in, and, like, like and, and then just to add on to that, like, Everybody that's in like this post wrestling circle is like hella supportive of like everything and like everybody and like that's the like really the one thing I like that that sense of like it, it's weird bro because it's not not weird but it's like this sense of community in the in like this post wrestling family thing you, you know what I'm trying to say no I get like, I get what yeah, you mean. Like, yeah, it's like that that type of thing, and I think that's like really cool. Like, like, and it goes from you guys at the at the Pro Wrestling Tees family, and it goes to Braden and Davey, and it goes to uh, Martin Benno, and you know, formerly Jamesy, and you know, uh, it just stretches all over the place to you know these different. Uh, well, of course, we got mentioned Uncle Nate, Uncle but uh, Nate like, sure. <laughs> but, but 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 it just like stretches to like all these different outlets and all these different people that just interconnected by post wrestling so i think that's like one of the biggest things and like of course like john and way they like support me like in like outside ventures as well like stuff that i'm trying to do like i'm trying to get into like voiceover work and i'm trying to like you know possibly like I, like I, one thing i always really wanted to do i always wanted to host like a like a gaming competition like a host like a host of a gaming competition like for a 2k league or like a call of duty tournament or something like that like along those lines that they do for these like big tournaments that they do like that, that's something i always wanted to do and like i I like i tell them about that stuff and like they're like super supportive and like try to ha- help me get in line to where i could possibly do some of that stuff it's the best that they can or like just get even if they can't just give me like little tidbits of advice and stuff so like that stuff always cool man so yeah man i'm i'm, I'm locked in for posts and you know i appreciate all of you guys honestly for all the support See, you mentioned community and that that's again what i'm like my favorite things of just not even just post family, but like wrestling in general, because listen, there's no shortage of like negative toxic, like wrestling fans out there. And you'll find them like go on Twitter, go on Twitter and and type in wrestling. You'll fuck it. You'll find them. Mm -hmm. But like with post wrestling, like they just, the the community that they have, it's, it's that it's just like really awesome people. Like everyone for the most part gets along. Like I don't ever really hear of like, um, you know, and, and all the secret groups I'm in involving different post wrestling people, you know, that's never like, you know, I mean, WH Park, unless it's Kenny Omega, like he doesn't really like hate anyone. Oh, man, he, he's, he's going to be so mad that I'm, I'm breaking kayfabe and you know, I'm kidding guys. WH hates everybody. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's like one of those things. Like even like when I started this, my, like the one thing where it was just like, Oh, I have all these, I know all these people. They're really cool. I want to do this into stank. You know, because it's like here's my yeah. here's my other friend who's really cool, and I want him to get to know everybody. And so it's kind of like when your work friends meet like your school friends, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> like let's see, let's see how you guys get along. And like, I mean, I don't know, Dave. I uh, like I feel at least like most of them kind of just like welcomed you in, and like you guys all got along. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, especially like everyone at Post that we've interviewed, super cool and. Yeah, like, I really like, you know, the theme that we're talking about is basically just, like, wrestling doesn't have to be toxic, and neither does any of our wrestling media, right? Like, there's a, there's a place for all of us, and there's no—that's, like, one of the things we try to do here is, like, 
sometimes we'll get a little bit negative when it's needed, but like for the most part, it's we all, like to stay positive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what Dave, I mean? Dave, Dave, Dave I, I did want to ask you like, cause I know you mentioned earlier that you had a daughter and I like, no, that's like one of my big, like I, it, 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 like, I don't know if it should be or it should be, but like, I really want, I really want to be a pops one day. Like, yeah. like legit, like, I, like just, just like what, what, how has becoming a father like changed you personally? Like I, well, cause I always, like, I was like asking fathers, of course, aside of asking my own dad, but I like, I like getting like outside, you know, perspectives yeah. cause I kind of, I kind of know, you know, what it was like for my dad. Well, so like, uh, like I've been with my wife since I was like at the end of, end of my like 17th year. And she, she already had like two sons when I met her. So I kind of raised both these guys as my sons, you know, since they were like one and two. Oh, that's cool, uh, man. Yeah, and I, I always try to treat them. There, there was a time where uh, one of them wanted to call me dad, and I was like, I'm not your dad. And I didn't mean that in like a shutting them down sort of way, but like I felt like if I was a dad and then my kids were with their stepdad, exactly. I'd feel disrespected. So I'm like, you can call me Dave. Um, I, I love you just like you're my sons, but don't, don't call me dad. That's disrespectful to your dad. But like, I always treated them like maybe I was like their uncle. Like I would do cool stuff with them that maybe a dad wouldn't do, you know, <laughs> we get in trouble doing stuff. Dave, I would say you're more like their older brother, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came down to like, my wife was like, do you want to have a kid of your own? <laughs> and I was like, no, oh, these boys are my own. And she's like, no, I mean like, like an actual blood child. And I was like, sure. So we tried. And like, ever since like I was young, I wanted to have a, like a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of had that picture of like, Oh, I'd love to, you know, protect my princess and stuff like that. Uh, girl, dad, man, your girl, dad, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and I always feel like too, like there's different dynamics, you know, there's father and son, uh, mother and son, mother and daughter. But I think father and daughter is like, to me, is like the most special bond. Cause like a daughter can grow up with their mom and then they'll be like girlfriends when they grow up. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like sons and stuff, but like a father and, and daughter, like your daughter's always gonna be like your little princess. Right. And the, I don't think that's the sexist uh, way, but like, you know. Yeah, um, no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Now, but so, I, 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 I was going to ask you, I was like, so like, how do you personally like, because I, I feel like with me, whenever I become a dad one day, I feel like I, I feel like I would have just like a bit of a struggle with that balance between like parent and like, this is like, this is like my road dog right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my little, that's my little homie right here. But like, how, how would you, like, how do you balance that? Like, with, with like, with how you do it? Like, cause I'm, cause like, just from hearing you talking, just from knowing you through through, you know, through Berto, like you, you seem like a real cool dude. So I'm sure with like with your child is probably like, you know, that's that that's that's that show that show, you know, your your road dog right there. That should, you know, one one like consider consider your like in, in a way a best friend in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in, in a specific type of way. So like how how do you kind of balance that between parent and like, you know, making sure my child feels like they can, you know, talk to me about anything and have that like friendship type of vibe. Like how do you balance that? Well, I always feel like, you know, we, we were talking about like generational differences, right? So like, you know, like my parents, uh, like my dad, uh, my dad was the nicer of the parents. My mom would be, you know, doing all the ass whooping when we get in trouble. And, <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, like there's, there's a bunch of times, almost every time where she, she went overboard on it. So like, I always said, when I have a kid, I'm not going to hit him at all. 
Like I don't, I don't want my kid to do anything because they're afraid of me. I want them to respect what I say. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, even with the boys, like I'll give them a lot of rope. Like, like with my daughter, she's like 13 right now. I'll say you can stay up a little late. You can play PlayStation. You can go skateboard. You do whatever you want, right? As long as your grades are fine and you're healthy. But like the second I start seeing any of that shit slipping, you know, I'm I'm pulling the reins. And, and she's been actually right. pretty good with that. And like, and I can honestly say the only time I've ever <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. The only time I ever like physically hit my daughter was when she was a kid and she was trying to stick a fork in the outlet and I slapped her hand and I was like, just to, so she would know that it, it feels bad to do stuff like that. But other mm-hmm. than that, like I find like don't govern by fear. We're super open about like everything in the house. Um, like <sighs> she's probably not going to be happy to mention this, but like when she got her first period or something, I didn't make it weird. I was like, that's, Hey, that's a part of life. You don't got to feel weird about it. Um, and just like, like she knew where babies came from at a, you know a fairly young age. We we didn't hide any of that stuff. So um, I think being a parent, being open, and then showing a little interest in what they're interested in. Like if she's in, she likes Korean boy bands right now. So I I'll go on Wikipedia and I'll do a deep dive on it so I can talk to her about stuff like that. Um, and I think that's it, it's not always the best to be like a best friend to your kid, but mm. they should know that no matter what, they can come to you about it and talk to you and not feel weird and and you won't judge them in a way that makes them feel uncomfortable, you know? There we go. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think that's the key. Dave, I feel like, like you mentioned, you're like, how it's almost like you're an older brother around like your stepsons because, again, from, from the time that I've spent around you and your family, like it very much just feels like that. Like, you know, like your stepsons are, are your little brothers because I see how you are with your actual little brother. But your your daughter, like, again, she, like, you are her hero, and anyone who spent time can tell that, specifically because I remember when we started up the podcast, uh, like, Dave's Instagram is uh, Big Stank Dog, and mm-hmm. so I we started up the podcast, I have, like, all the new social medias, and I get a follow on the on the PWT cast account from Lil Stank Dog, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Lil Stank Dog, I was like, oh my god, I was like, that's fucking... That is adorable. Like that is the cutest fucking thing in the world, and yeah, like I mean, Dave. At least from my perspective, you know, you're you're not my dad or my stepdad, but I think you're you're fucking you're crushing it. And it's very much like hearing you talk about it. It like I'm glad that there's fathers out like that because I mean, like my like my dad was like I know a lot of like traditionally hard ass Mexican parents, like. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and thank God that Alberto and Cecilia Lara were not those, you know. Like they were kind of like you, you were the, like they gave you rope, and it was. It's like if you fucked up, like my sister, the worst at getting away with things, you know. Like we'd be kids and we would do the exact same things. I almost never got in trouble, and she did. And part of it might have been because like she was a girl, and they like they were a little bit more lenient with me, but it was also like, I knew how to get away with things, you know, like they'd be like, Hey, was your sister in school today? And I'd be like, um, I think so. Be like, yeah, they called us, told her that she wasn't there. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And I'm like, I, I, you know what? I definitely saw her on my way to lunch, like knowing full well, like, Oh, she 
probably wasn't in school. And then as a postman, I'd be like, hey, they called me. They said you weren't in school. I'm like, I got to division late and they counted me as as I wasn't there, but I went and fixed it. Don't worry, mom. It was all there. I'm actually going to go do my homework now. All right. I'll talk to you later. Again, knowing full well that like I was not at school, but like I also had parents where it's like that, where like it's, it was, they were, they made it easy to talk to them. And like to this day, um, like there's certain things where I'm just like, oh man, I'm like they're because of the way that like when I was a little kid and be like, oh no, I did something bad and they're going to overreact. And it was, I think it was just based on how like parents on TV overreacted and it'd be like, mom, dad, uh, I did this thing. And uh, you know, I just explain myself and they'd be like, oh, well don't do that again. You know, like Mm. you knucklehead, like it's a good thing you didn't get hurt. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, not every dad is like Homer Simpson and just gonna overreact to everything. <laughs> um, but Andrew, like, I, the one thing that I was curious about because, again, like I mentioned, like we're around the same age. Like, it's kind of the same thing with with Braden. Like, I feel like all three of us, like, you know, around that same era. Like, at what point does wrestling come into your life? Because I've told the story a thousand times about how you know it was the go home show to to WrestleMania 20 where Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle, are, and then that's how I get into it. But like, what about yourself? Was it just always around? Was was your pops into it, or when does that come in? I, I, I think it was just all like always around. Like, I have this like vivid memory when I was a kid, and I would like sneak out of my room to go downstairs to watch Raw, like off the late night. And my like my mother would tell me this story, like, and that that's how I kind of. Like it through through her telling me it, I kind of I, I well honestly I don't know if by her telling me that I kind of like fantasized of me doing this or do I actually have like a genuine a genuine memory of me doing this? But she would like constantly tell me that, so I think that's when like probably I was like three or four. Like I kind of you know get re- re- really really got into wrestling, but like it wasn't until I would say like two thousand and three, like that's when I like became like just enthralled with the with like professional i don't even know if that's a word but like <laughs> if, if, that, if, that, if that's a like that's probably when i you know really got really into wrestling like my first the, the the first wrestling dvd i got was probably i think it was royal rumble 2003 and i used to watch that thing faithfully every night like it was no tomorrow and i, and I remember uh like I, after a while i started asking my mother to take me to um to like to some 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 video store and i would try to collect every 2003 dvd from that year like as the shows came out like i have uh i still i still have these dvds to this day it's hilarious i have royal rumble 2003 no way out 2003 the wrestlemania from that year the backlash from that year and i would like try to collect and just like i I cannot explain to you how many times i probably watched these dvds and like know exactly what is about to happen from start to finish like still to this day like it's like some of these shows like burned into my memory like and i uh we did we, we did the podcast um me and Martin did the just did the podcast and he said WrestleMania nineteen. I was like, dog, I cannot explain to you how many times I've seen this show. Like I I I probably had to watch maybe like ten minutes of it before like the memory just instantly hit back and I was like, I probably really don't have to finish watching this show. Like the, the, it just burned in my head. See, that's how I was WrestleMania twenty one. Cause that, that was the first uh, WrestleMania that I saw. And a buddy of mine, he's like, Hey, he's like, Did you watch WrestleMania? I'm like, No, he's like, Oh, he's like, I, I burned it on these DVDs if you want to watch. <laughs> and religiously, like that's like that's why to me the greatest WrestleMania the great greatest WrestleMania match is Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. And I know everyone has you know their own version and 
like it's it's emotionally you know everyone's connected to a specific match that you know they're like no 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 this one like for a lot of people it's austin rock or rock hogan but to me it's that one because i was like the first wrestlemania that i got to watch and i was i was a smackdown guy because we didn't have cable so all i knew was smackdown so like i knew the name Shawn michaels but like really only from like the video games and stuff so the first Shawn Michaels match that I saw was him versus Kurt Angle, and I was just like, just again as a kid, mind blown. So I very, I very much get what you mean by like, because with that match, it's one of those where like as a kid, you know, I'd be like, no, 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 and this is a spot where he goes for the moonsault, but he hits a table, and you know, in real life, he fucked up his rib doing that because uh, Kurt was supposed right. to catch you know, like those, <laughs> those things. Uh, so I, I, de- I definitely agree with you on that end because it's yeah, like as a kid, you're you just you wanted to completely consume it mm-hmm. let, let, let me ask y'all this like kind of to switch off wrestling just for a bit like what what are y'all watching on netflix right now like what i mean what, what shows in general are y'all into right now because i i kind of got something i wanted to shake because i like just started binging this show like like it was nothing and i i'm like su- super duper into it dave you uh, well in our house we're watching like tons of shit so just finished Raised by Wolves. Um, I'm watching this documentary on HBO Max called The Vow. Um, the Boys, which is the like tomorrow's the finale. Uh, me and Berto are both super into The Boys. Um, that's that's about it right now. I mean, all most of the good stuff we've we've already finished this year. What, what are you looking? What are you watching? I, I just like I would say probably about two weeks ago. I started watching this show called Mad Hunters. I don't uh, know if y'all ever seen dude, that. So I've actually I've seen oh. you post about that, and that's one of those shows that I've I've been wanting. So like I have a thing where I don't want to watch too many shows all at once because it just it becomes like super overwhelming. So like right mm-hmm. now like The Boys is about to finish, and I want to start Lovecraft County because everyone tells me about how like awesome the show is, and so I'm like, all right, I want to fuck with that. But then I started seeing you post. I saw you made a post about uh about that show is mine hunters yeah yeah and then it, like it dawned to me that like s- someone it might have no i don't think it was brayden it was somebody had ex- like explained to me the premise of the show and like i remember like not too long after that i saw like the photo where they were just like oh here are these serial killers and this is like the dog Netflix, oh the, my that <laughs> like how netflix like casted them and i'm just like well where's the photo i'm like i just see this is right the, this is the same photo that you're showing me twice uh, but no, like talk to us about that show because that's definitely something that like um, I want to fuck with. Matt, the 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 casting of the show is crazy. Like Netflix, they hit like the the the, the people spat on like exactly how these people look. Like it is or looked, it is ridiculous. Like I, and I think that's what like really really drew like really really drew me in. Like I, I honestly like I remember when I, I was just scrolling Netflix just to like find something to watch. I was like, hmm, what's my hunters? That looks kind of cool. And then when I started getting into it, like at, at first I kind of felt I, I felt like just a little bit bad because I was like, I, I'm kind of like really into this show about like these whole ass serial killers that like really walked this <laughs> earth at one point in time, and some of them are still walking this earth in, in prison, of course. But like I'm like, dude. It, it was just like I don't know what it is, bro. But it was just like fascinating, like hearing these stories and like watching, not not necessarily watching, but basically the premise of the show is uh, these two detectives. Um, they they basically come across the this idea to start interviewing serial killers in order to prevent 
uh, for in, in order to prevent you know that stuff from happening in the future, so they can kind of gauge the the early signs of what would lead to what would lead somebody to go on a type of spree like that, and like it was just crazy like hearing some of the stories from these dudes that like under these dudes that actually did these things you know what i'm saying to actual other people like like it, like probably one of the most interesting ones and and i don't mean that in a way to like glorify with it cuz he's yeah. hella wrong for all that and i think he's still alive uh to this day it was it was a story about um ed kemper and yes. he, yeah, did you, you you heard did you hear about that or you you heard of like like so I, I know the, I know the history of Edmund Kemper, right. um, but the one thing I know about Mindhunters is the guy that played Edmund Kemper was so like spot on to how this actually man. was. Oh my goodness! Yes, hundred yes. percent. Like I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead, Dave. No, so if like if you go on YouTube, someone did like a side by side comparison of the interview sessions from Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. To the to a real Edmund Kemper interview, and it, like he's almost exactly the guy. And like I was watching, and I was like, I know who this guy, like the actor. I was like, I know who this guy is, and I couldn't place it. And he's uh, Hazel from Umbrella Academy. Mm. Uh, but I was like, why do I know? Like the the way he's talking was like perfect for Edmund Kemper. Um, but yeah, like if you're if you're interested in the show, which now now I got to go watch it because you're <laughs> correct. But like, just watch just watch these interview sections, and just from that alone, like that's what put the show on my radar. Man, I'm telling like that's exactly what put the, it. It was just like honestly, it was the interview sessions, man. Like, like the I I saw because like like when I was watching the interview sessions, man, like on the show. You do like just naturally as a human, bro. You get this curiosity. You like, okay, so if, if that's what they acting like on this show, what was the real person acting like doing like right. when they did their interviews? And like you try, you go look just out of curiosity, and you find out like these people are like spat on like with how they acted. And like one of the probably outside of the camper one, the best one was the Charles Manson one. That was like ridiculously spat on because the thing the thing is like with with, with Manson and, and they they really touched they really touched on this the most Manson they 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 kind of labeled him as like overhyped I guess because he he never actually committed any physical harm and they like kind of made light of his height because Manson was like five one and he would always try to like make himself the loudest in the room or present himself as the biggest in the room in order to seem like a threat. Like, and it, it was one, it was one portion of the sound. I don't want to spoil it, but like, I, I, I kind of got to, I'm sorry y'all if anybody listening to this, but like, it was kind of one thing. Ma- again, Ma- Manson never did anything, never physically harmed anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he was more so of a mind control type per- persuasion type of person to get people to do these things that, you know, he's famous for. And one of the things like he, he what the guy was interviewing him, and Manson asked the guy politely. He was like, "Hey, can I have your glasses? You know, I'll sign. I'll sign this book that you bought me." And he Manson signed the book, and the guy gave him the glasses. So the guy, the, the detective, thinking it's nothing, he's like, "Oh yeah, I just gave him the glasses. Yeah, whatever." So the security guard comes back to the guy, and he's like, "Hey, um, here's your glasses." Manson was walking around the prison, gloating, telling everybody that he stole these from an FBI agent. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, and, and then you hit, and then I went and did, you know, of course, searched it up on my phone, and that was like, you come, you were come across like little small articles and stuff like that. Like, that's how he was. Like, he wanted to present himself as this, like, you know what I'm saying? Just the loudest person in the room that could, could, could do anything to anybody, but never actually did anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, this show is crazy, bro. Like, I was, and I can't, I can't wait for season three. Like, cause I know season three, I, I think they about to touch on like some, some real, like, crazy stuff because i know uh one of the characters his sons kind of like showed those like early signs and they they kind of like really like getting into like the nitty-gritty of his son his young son kind of showing these early signs of what they are studying on these shows and i think they about to get into um the the, the btk killer and stuff like that it's, it's crazy man dude speaking of of netflix have you watched don't fuck with cats i have not seen that what, what is that so it's it's only like three parts. They're each like an hour and a half, I believe. Um, it starts it's just because it's like you're talking like getting into the mind of like these serial killers. It's always something like I've been fascinated with. And yes, bro. And this so <laughs> the the premise of it that starts out is um, these group of people on Facebook. It's organized by like two specific people. They get together and try and find a guy who posted a video of. Uh, him killing a cat he puts like a kitten in one of those like uh ziploc bags but like the ones that like the vacuum that have like the vacuum piece so that it like seals it like you know what you know what i'm talking about those uh yeah so he, he puts a kitten in that posts it on facebook everyone starts fucking losing their mind like obviously you know like, who wouldn't you know right. um right. so he posts that video and then but it's like anonymous on some like burner youtube account so these people go to the end of the world trying to like find who he is and you know like through through clues and stuff and they they gather this like large facebook community again just trying to find out who the guy is uh they can't find him he starts posting more videos and using like context clues like bro, it's literally like oh do you see this closet door in the background well someone here's an architect and they put together what they think the room would look like so like all this shit like all types of stuff like oh look this guy posted this like this kind of TV was only available and like very like my, to the minute details. Uh, so then it, it turns out they, they find someone who they think it is. Who's this guy who's like this male model. Uh, at one point he does like, in fact, get interviewed. It takes place in Toronto and then like they, they interview the guy and they basically let him go. This guy, he winds up, mur he winds up, uh, murdering a man, uh, recording himself killing him and then having sex with the corpse he cuts up the what corpse the yeah he cuts up the corpse sends the head to like their parliament um sends like other body parts to like schools and like like this just all this like really fucked up shit and like without without spoiling like when they get to you know how they find him and stuff but like they're they're it's the final interview and the whole time everything that he was doing like down to the like how he was acting on camera because he knew he was being recorded was uh dave what's the movie that that he was mimicking uh basic instinct basic instinct the whole thing is just he was fucked up in the head wanted attention and was obsessed with basic instinct so he wanted to recreate the movie when he was being recorded like it's just it's so fucked up getting like into this guy's head and like 
again, it, it's it's only three parts, like an hour and a half each. I'm trying not to give away like all like the really like good stuff, <laughs> but dude, it was crazy. Like I Dave recommended to me, I watched one episode and then in that night binged all three because I was just like it was kind of like when you watch Tiger King and at the end of every episode you're like, well, god damn it, now I have to stick around for like another right, episode right. because uh, again, it's just like literally at the end they're like piecing everything together and i'm like whoa like this man was just so like starved for attention like he did all these like terrible like unforgivable things and like as he was doing them in the back of his mind he was like it has to look like it did in basic instinct when they catch me i have to have you know like i have to have them offer me a cigarette like they did uh in basic instinct like it's just it's crazy. Like it's crazy that people like like this exist. You know, that's why like all exactly. the exactly. That's why all those shows like again, they always like appeal to me. Like I have a friend, Vivian, she listens to the show all the time. Like I know she's super into like serial killer podcasts and just like serial killer, all that stuff. And like it it, it is crazy that now like as a society we have all that like available to us, these interviews with people, books written on these people to kind of just get inside like their minds and how they work because a lot of the time like it isn't like it's a lot of the times at least from like what i see it's just like oh that's just um you know that's just bob who lives down the street what like bob didn't do that he's he's a normal guy he's a nice guy but no you like i'm personally like a big fan of like true crime stuff like um Mm -hmm. like a lot of people really started getting on that train when they made like making a murderer um but yeah, so there's like that. Um, there's a new one on Netflix called like American Murder about uh, the Watts family murders. I watched like this guy's whole interrogation series on YouTube. Um, but I will say like if you if you like uh, true crime stuff and like crazy psycho killer people, there's a documentary on HBO called The Jinx, and it's it's one of the best true crime documentaries like of all time. Um, and I promise you, if you watch it, you're going to be like, by the end, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Cause they, they timed, um, they timed this mini series to add up to the, the guy getting caught at the end in real life. <laughs> like they, they had evidence of the guy and they didn't give it to the cops until the finale hit. <laughs> and then the guy got caught like a couple weeks later, but, uh, the jinx, it's great. So aside from like, uh, from uh, mine hunters what else are you what else is keeping you what else is keeping you busy when you're not like sitting there writing up all the all the reports over <laughs> post wrestling uh man ch- trying to line up some some interviews other than that uh like you know but basically watching the nba playoffs i've been i've been really tuned into the you know what they doing in the in the, in the bubble right now um yeah the nfl is back on so i you know i'm back into that and of course professional wrestling you no know, trying to keep up with as much uh, wrestling as I could possibly intake. I, I'm I, I'm actually really looking forward to the um the for the culture show this weekend. Like yeah. I I'm like really really interested in that and seeing how the matches turn out for that show. Just the overall meaning of of the show overall. You know what I mean? Just like a all all black performer show. Like seeing all these like talented black athletes. You know, get, yeah. getting to do what they do best. And I and I think that's like probably like one of just the best things about this coming weekend that they got going on with the collective and like especially you know what i'm saying with, with everything that's going on right now you know of course with all this you know the, just the police brutality against you know african-americans has been going on for, for uh, hundreds and hundreds of years but like just like well but that that 
type of aggression towards black people for hundreds and hundreds of years. And just like now it's like more publicized and you get to actually see these things firsthand, you know, via, via the internet. So like that, that's, that's one thing that I like that that's like really kind of hitting home about the show, just the overall meaning. And like, it, it's kind of crazy because like, you know, just seeing how things have played out over the past, you know, few months, like even yesterday I saw that the, the officer who, um, who, who killed George Floyd, they they got they posted a one million dollar bond and they got it on bail. I'm like like you know what I'm saying like just just knowing that somebody or a group of people or you know I'm not going I I don't know who posted that one million dollar bond that got them out of jail, but I'm pretty sure it's you know the, the probably the department that got them out of that situation. But it's like it's just crazy to me that like you could just get off like that with just taking somebody's life like just with no no um. Like just, just just no no repercussions basically. And like I I, I kind of wanted like to touch it because like it kind of I, I kind of want to like relate back to this like it, it, I, sometimes I sometimes I felt kind of weird watching the Manhunter show because I'm like so interested in these things and I'm, like this like stuff that like legit happened that these people did and I'm like not glorifying it but like interested in it and I kind of felt like a little just a, a a tad bit of guilt but then I kind of had to separate it from you know the the what else is going on currently and that like like i like one thing i I really do want people to understand like and I, i'm i know both of y'all understand like i've spoken with uh alberto about this a couple of times actually like just about you know the the black lives matter movement and people genuinely needed to understand like because I, I feel like it's such a large amount of people in this world that genuinely just don't get it like they still believe this simple-minded thought that when people say black lives matter they mean like we're the only lives in this world that matter and that's like not even close or remotely close to what it means or what it represents like even like just a similar similar situation um that happened a couple weeks ago i I know y'all probably know about the cow rittenhouse situation the guy who um went to the 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 the, the protest and yeah Yeah. and he and he, he killed two people right and he he walked away um with a assault rifle in his hand right past the police and they just let him go right and then it's so so just i like ironic um a week after that um there was this guy actually in the area where i live at um named dion k and the story didn't really it it didn't really make the the rounds that much outside of the outside of the area outside of the dmv area but basically what happened was um you know Dion um, was in, I guess he was in a parking lot or something, and you know, just like it, he had a he had a gun on him, and he saw the police, and they charged at him, and he tried to run, and you clearly see in the video what he did was he took the gun and he tried to chuck it, and like as soon as he chucked it, they shot him and they killed him, and I I, I kind of like it was just so interesting reading how people reacted to his situation this young black male 16 years old 18 years old or around at 16 to 18 years old that range just seeing how people reacted to his situation opposed to the Kyle Rittenhouse situation like people put up all these videos and uh, of like love of like Dion um I, I guess you know he, he he has he had guns on him or something like that it was some of his friends or stuff like that and just like these videos just kept surfacing and I'm like I like one thing I really, I really don't like is when people 
Like, like not everybody's situation is the same. Not everybody's life situation is the same. Some people grow up in these rough environments, man, where the only thing they know in life is survive. And unfortunately for some of some of these young white males or, you know, older white males, they never had to experience anything like that where you walk outside every day and, you know, you fear that something might happen to you or you might get shot because you live six blocks in the opposite direction of another neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's some of the reality that some of these young dudes face in, in many areas around across the country, but specifically speaking about the DC area, like it's a lot of young dudes that live that life and gotta, you know, pr- in order to protect themselves and not necessarily trying to oppose to be a threat to anybody. It's just like more so a, that's just how they are brought up to survive in, in this area that's like a- against them in a way and, and meant to set up against them. And like, I, I, I really, I, it really like bothered me and irked my nerves just to see how people reacted to that situation opposed to how they reacted to Kyle Rittenhouse and calling him a patriot and calling him a hero because he quote unquote represents America and they they he, they felt that he did what was right by standing with the police and like you know just just seeing the police literally walk past this man go past this man while he just killed two people and cold blood and he he gets off and not, nothing happens to him and like in in these video these videos of him and these photos of him come up with his friends and they got guns and the media reaction from most of I was specifically say white America was oh you know they just young kids in the in the woods having fun or the young kids in the you know being being kids being dumb teenagers right and I'm like but <laughs> but j- j- just hearing like the comparisons to how they reacted to Dion K man I was like dude y'all are this, this country's fucked up like legit j- just knowing how y'all view young black Americans and, and like the the thing I, the thing I really don't like the most is man is like specifically speaking about some of these areas man like they they I, I swear some of these cities it's like designed to where you put people that don't have much you put a bunch of people that don't have much in specific areas like where they all just grouped in together and then like it just creates like bad situations and like you don't help fix these areas you don't help put them in you know situations to where they can do better for themselves or they can you know improve their situation it's like they just leave things as it is and like just let people to fend off for themselves, man. And that's like, it, it, it's like th- this whole country and just for years and decades and, and obviously, you know, just for so long, man, it's, it, it's been designed against African-Americans or like been to prevent us from moving forward. And that that's not the situation from, for everybody. I'm not going to sit here and say that's been the, the the, I, the the situation for me for my whole life because I've been fortunate enough to have a, a family that kind of you know just just point me in the, and point me in the right direction I should say it never has been like some super financial thing but it's always I always had people around me to kind of steer me on the right path you know what I'm saying but I understand that's not everybody's situation not everybody has a pops like I was able to have when not everybody has a mother there like I was able to have when not everybody has a grandmother like I was to have one that kind of led me to the right path and let me know what's wrong and what's right and do this and do that and you know ba- basically give me not not necessarily hold my hand through everything but let me know what to do and what not to do you know what i'm saying and it's a lot of people that uh, specifically simply speaking a lot of a lot, a lot of black people it's a lot of black people that weren't fortunate enough to have that so when i see people continuously criticizing and even going the route of, you know, comparing the DRK situation to the Cal Rittenhouse situation, just seeing how people reacted to those two specific uh, occurrences. It's, it's just crazy to me, man. It's just, like, the one thing I hope, do is, like, that old 
generation that's still obviously within and that old mindset just goes away because I, I, I do I do feel like the this new generation of white white males and, and and white women as well are like kind of shifting out the old ideals that have been set in place by their by their elders. And I feel like they're kind of doing away with that. Some of them, not all of them, but it like that that that's one thing I, I really want to change, man. And I I, I it it like seeing these videos, man, that like constantly come up, like it is it's really disheartening. And it's like it it is it's, I, I kind of feel bad sometimes because I'm numb to it. Like I can literally watch a video of a black man or a black woman being being killed or shot and like it it doesn't register to me instantly like because i've seen this so many times you know what i'm saying i've seen these videos so many times so it's like it, I, I see these things and it's like oh it happened again you know what i mean and like i can like like i, I will feel bad but like i can instantly go back to just doing whatever i was doing just because it's like so used to seeing this and so accustomed to seeing it and i and, and again i'll feel bad but it's like you know, seeing it so many times, it's like, damn, like, what's new? You know what I mean? And like, I'm, I'm like, really, really, really tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing people hurt, man. Like, my own people hurt. That shit is sick and it's foul, and that shit needs to stop. Like, that whole, the, the this whole era of just like, this, I would say the last ten years, like, has been some of the worst as far as like social media goes and seeing, you know, black people get having their lives taken on camera. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit is sick. No, I mean there's there's a lot of things that like that you mentioned that like I wanted to I want to touch on because like the, the one thing if, if anyone who listens to this you know there's I've not been shy at all how I feel about the police the you know the the justice system like and to this day like like I don't I say it all the time like I don't care if you're your your mom or dad or uncle or aunt or relative or friend whoever it is that is a cop is a good cop because like to me it's like being being part of that system it you know it doesn't matter where your morality lies because at the end of the day you're still part of this system that's clearly corrupt that's clearly meant to like target these people like specific people of color like I you always hear like oh well you know, oh, you need more police. And it's like, no, they're like, oh, but there's higher crime rates. It's like, yes, because there's more police, you know, like people here defund the police and, you know, it's just like, oh, you want to take all the money from them? It's like, no, they do that in the suburbs. Look, I yeah. can, I can go, I can go over to, you know, to where Dave lives where it's a suburb and I don't see a cop on every corner. I don't see as many police as I do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the city. I've, I've grown up in the actual city of Chicago and, the one thing that like people who don't grow up in Chicago, it's no like the city is very much segregated, you know. Like I, I like I when when Davy and Braden first came, um, a listener of their show was telling them about like, oh yeah, you need to come over on the west side and like to all these places, and they were like, oh sh- should we go? And I'm like, honestly, man, I'm like those places are. I was like, you can go. I'm like, but just like go during the day. I'm like, cause they're a little shady at night, and like for this handsome British man and this, uh, you know, tall Canadian boy, like they're going to fuck with you. Like, that's just, you know, and that, that's just how it is. And like, I mean, if I went, like, I, they'd probably fuck with me too, but it's just like, there's, you know, there's certain areas of Chicago where it's just like, it's very much segregated and it's not by accident, you know, like, right. It's, exactly. It, it is the way it is. And it's like, huh, how come, yeah. It's like, why is there so many more police in, in Pilsen and on the west side than there is 
uh, you know, like in the more prominent white neighborhoods. And again, it it's there. And for anyone to like, no, 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 no. Like for anyone to, and I'm a big person of like, if someone's like, no, 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 systemic racism isn't a thing. I will shut that shit down immediately. Like, I don't care, you know, if it's like a relative or, and again, there, there's just that older generation that has a different mindset of things. And I am fully like, don't like you have, you should always a hundred percent be questioning everything that the government does and tells you because they are never looking out for your best interest. You know, like again, and whatever, whatever anyone's political beliefs are, whatever anyone thinks like, you know, like disregard all that, whether you're left, whether you're right, whatever the fucking case may be, they don't care about you. You know, they've never cared about you. They care about telling you what they need to tell you to get them to vote for you. And that's what it is. You know, like every, every president, every presidential election, it's like, um, Oh, you know, this person sucks, but this person was so much better. And it's like, yeah, but were they, you know, like, listen, I loved Obama. Obama did a lot of really good things. He did. But, like, he also did a lot of really fucked up things. Same way with, like, you know, when Bush was in office, everyone was like, oh, we really miss Clinton. It's like, well, do you? Because let me tell you all the fucked up shit he did. And, you know, it, it's all semantics at the end of the day because, you know, listen, I would much rather a Clinton or uh, or Obama in office instead of fucking WWE Hall of Famer, you know? Like, I would much rather those people in there than you know than someone who just stumbled into the job but again it's like at the end of the day you should question everything they do because if you look back at what the founding fathers of this country wrote about like hey if your government isn't listening to you fucking dethrone them oh there's so many like thomas jefferson i think that might have been a quote like dethrone them lol or whatever the fucking case may be and it's just people are used to to a certain mindset you know, there's this romanticized, this romanticization of like America and what America really is. And it's like, listen, at the end of the day, like, and again, I, I don't have like any hate towards white people, like, or anything like that. But it's like, listen, at the end of the day, like, white people prospered off the, the work of Asians, Italians, black people, Mexican people. You fucking, you name them and they prospered off of their hard work and got double the credit. While, you know, their counterparts got little to no credit, you know, like how many times, how many times have you heard like, uh, you know, a black woman invented this or an Asian man invented this or a Hispanic, you know, person invented this. And you're like, oh, I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, because they, they weren't ever going to tell you. Like I, I, I've learned so much like people, people give like Joe Rogan a lot of shit, you know, and like, I, like, I personally, I like Joe Rogan. There's been a lot of things that like I've learned through him and listen i'm also not sitting and listening to every guest you know like if he has someone on that i'm like ah you know what this person's really problematic and i just i really don't care what they have to say i won't listen to them but there's also been people that i listen to and i'm like oh you know what i had no idea on that specific aspect of of history or i had no idea this was going on currently now and you know like especially right now with everything going on with the cops it's like you mentioned like there is that sense of your you're numb to things and it sucks. It, like, it, it it sucks that you you do get numb to them, and that doesn't like mean that you know it's just like oh okay well another person got murdered like that infuriates me, you know to no right. end because it's just it doesn't it, 
this like antiquated notion of like you you know like white america like it just it doesn't exist it hasn't existed it's, and it, it, it's like listen there's so many like white people that have gotten left you know because it's like even look at just racism amongst like white people you know like it's always just like if you fucking fall one tax bracket lower than what you are they don't give a fuck about you you know it's like you're only you're only in the club for as long as they let you be in the club and then when you're out you might you might as well be a minority to them because they don't care you know it's all class it's all like time it's just it's it's not linear it's cyclical it happens to every you know the romans i'm sure the romans are going through the same fucking things where ooh, we you know we make more money or we have the bigger land it's just it's always the same thing and there's always going to be a group of people that like are targeted for one reason or the other and it shouldn't be that way like i hate that that it is that way you know like i'm you you mentioned like what we're watching on tv i'm currently watching the season of fargo and uh, Chris Rock is in charge of the Black Mafia, and he's trying to get he's trying to like get the Black Mafia and the Italian Mafia to work together because he's like, listen, all those signs on all the storefronts say no blacks and no Italians. We should be together instead of fighting amongst each other, because like at the end of the day, that's what it is, you know. Like we should all be working together because, and I, I guess in this instance, the big heel is like the government because it's just that. They don't care about you like they have it they won't you know it's like you look at other countries and it's embarrassing embarrassing like how we've treated like this pandemic you know other countries have taken care of their citizens have given them money and we've bailed out plane companies and like you know you have jeff bezos making more money and more and it's just i don't know man it there's a lot of like well, fucked up things. I'm sorry. I'll just really quick. Like, there's like yeah. a lot of fucked up things. And I, I do have hope in like our generation because we are more vocal, you know, like that, that is the one thing, the one upside to social media is like, we are as fucking vocal and we make sure that our voices are heard because that's the thing. It's like with what little power, with little voices we have, you know, sure. It's one little voice screaming this into the void. But if another voice joins that one, another one joins that one, and then it's all of us screaming like, hey, stop killing stop killing people that look like us for looking like us. Stop, you know, fucking, like, stop doing these atrocities. At some point, our voices will be heard, and it's, you know, again, it's like if if it doesn't happen, it, it's, and it's, that's the, the thing that sucks is, like, it's not going to happen overnight. It probably won't be till like, our grandchildren were, like, there's a better version of this like utopia that we all imagine but like that also shouldn't discourage people you know like keep fighting for what you want to fight and if someone you know be it family or friends has a problem with that you know like you you don't you can't always agree with someone so don't always worry about like having to say or do the right thing to 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 appease everyone because you shouldn't you shouldn't want bother with like pleasing everyone yeah, no doubt. Like one one thing I did want to touch on that you that you said was about the the segregated area of Chicago is like I I kind of saw like a similar kind of thing when I was in uh, Baltimore for Starcast last November, and like w- w- initially when I was going through the area of Baltimore where um where I was staying at hotel wise, you could just tell it was vastly different. It's a predominantly poor area. You kind of tell it was just just by how like the 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 architecture was and like 
the the streets were like all messed up and like it was just like real gloomy in that area right and i remember i went to like get some uh groceries and stuff for the weekend to hold me over and i the the, the furthest place i was probably like probably like a 40 minute drive not 40 minutes but like the 35 30 minute drive right and going into this area of baltimore i'm like why isn't the other place other why is the place i'm staying at baltimore like this like is it's like clearly it's a upper class area about you can just tell it is like they have all the supermarkets over there all the fast nice fast food places chick-fil-a you know all the good stuff over there you know the 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 hospital is right there i think that's probably the only hospital in the you know in, in the area like it is and, and it's just crazy to me because like i was just looking like just looking at the people specifically the people that were in the area that specific area that i'm talking about and i'm just like they designed this just like this on purpose and and it's crazy because like it's a high it's a high crime rate in baltimore and i'm like there's a lot of people that get you know harmed by gunfire right and i'm thinking i'm like so somebody gets shot all the way over there it's like 30 something minute drive not including traffic that they got to go to the hospital that's right here and like I'm, I'm just thinking about that stuff. Like e- e- even not, not even specifically gun, gunfire. I don't have to be. It could be anything. Somebody get harmed in, in in that other area, and then they gotta make this long, long drive to this uh, to to this predominantly you know upper class area to just get medical treatment. You know what I'm saying? Proper medical treatment. And I'm like, like it is it, it is just crazy to me. Like, and I remember I was talking to a friend, and he was just like, uh you know, maybe that's just how it is. And I'm like, nah, that's not how it is. That's that's how it was designed. Like it, it, cause it just didn't make sense that this one area was so nice, so proper, had everything that they needed. And then the other area didn't really have that much. And I was just like, like this country is ridiculous, man. Like just, just how this stuff is designed. Well, here's what I would say too about, you know, you're talking about like the difference between, uh, you know, when you look at someone like Kyle Rittenhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And that can't, that couldn't be more of a perfect example of what, like, a lot of people don't like to hear about, but what, like, white privilege. Mm-hmm. When you compare that guy to Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker, right? Mm-hmm. They're laying in their beds, in their home, and the police break the door down, and he has a registered firearm, and he defends himself, and his girlfriend dies. Right. And these there's all this stuff and the, the cops are making all these excuses. Meanwhile, you have a you have a kid who travels across state lines, shoots at protesters and walks toward policemen with an assault rifle in his hand. And they're like, ah, get out of here. You, the, there mm-hmm. can't be like the fact that they're breaking doors down uh, in, in a black person's apartment and shooting them in a no knock warrant and they can get away with that and then turn around and see this guy shooting people broad daylight in the streets with video evidence. And they hand him a water and say, go ahead and get out of here. Thanks for doing your job for, for people that say that they can't see that white privilege is real. And they could look at that example and still stay willfully ignorant. It like, it's crazy to me. Like you said, the last 10 years, you know, Obama gets elected and a lot of people are like, see, we've passed racism. And something about Obama getting elected really stuck with a lot of people that were like silently racist. 
Yes. It, it infuriated yes. them, <laughs> right? And and we started seeing this big backlash. Like everyone's like, "Hey, this is great!" And all these all these secret, quiet, maybe they didn't even realize they were racist. We're sitting there stewing, like, "How could we have a black man lead the most powerful nation in the country?" And whatever you feel about Obama, politically, we'll set that aside. But like, very clearly, this whole Trump thing, and I, I don't want to get too political, but. You see a lot of you don't see a lot of brown faces in those crowds. It's all older white people feeling comfortable saying, "Hey, my friends on the internet say, uh, mm-hmm. let's make America first. And there's all these little dog whistles and stuff like that. And then you further see that in the way, you know, George Floyd was handled, and all these black people getting shot in the back or, Deion K throwing his gun and getting shot and like people making excuses for um, law enforcement. And then I even have conservative friends and they'll say, well, maybe if George Floyd wasn't passing a 20, you know, a counterfeit 20 or or Eric (laughs) Arndt not selling cigarettes one by one. And I'm saying, and I always tell them that's not a death sentence. You know what I mean? And look at me, or they'll, they'll always say uh, a black person that was killed, and then you'll see on Fox News, well, this guy had a domestic abuse thing on his record, and they'll bring up every bad thing this person's ever done in their life. I'm telling you, every time. Yeah. It never it yeah. never fails. And, and that's their way of saying, it's okay that this happened. Like, me, I have a felony on my record. If I got shot by a cop, I would hope someone wouldn't say he deserved it because he stole money when he was like 17 from someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but as someone that doesn't have brown skin, I have that luxury where it probably won't happen to me. I probably won't die at the hands of a cop and that they probably won't run that on Fox news. Um, but just the fact that, um, this is happening and I think you're right. I think, and this has come up a couple times in our conversation, generationally, we're starting to get it as a people mm-hmm. and there's, there's old people Listen, and I, I hate the stereotype, you know, especially considering the subject, but there's old Southern white people. You just know they're racist. And sometimes yeah. you just give them a pass and you're like, it's not even worth bringing it up. You know what I mean? And there'll be, there'll be some people that are aware of this and, and woke to the subject. They'll go to Thanksgiving dinner and they'll have a Trump hat wearing uncle and they just don't want to deal with it. I guarantee you, those people are dying out. Those people are starting to become extinct but that doesn't mean like people from our generation, from every color on the spectrum, every walk of life, can't stand together and say, "This is bullshit." And and, and the those same quietly racist people are the same people that when they hear Black Lives Matter, they go, "Well, all lives matter." Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. That's not what we're saying, though. You know what I mean? If if you saw a woman with breast cancer, and you go, well, well, people with leukemia, that matters. Yeah, of course it does. But we're talking about breast cancer right now. That's what's affecting this person right now. Let's get let's get the right thing done. And, you know, I personally am kind of afraid for this election, no matter who wins, oh, how yeah, it's going to get like... in the streets. I I I I wanted to kind of touch on that too. I ain't mean to cut yeah. you off either day. My bad on no, that. Oh no, you're but, good. Um, you're good. But um, like I just wanted to say, like I think 
this election is about to be like the the post the fallout from this election is probably going to be the worst in in history yeah. I, I i genuinely think it is like regardless of either because like honestly i feel like if you know and i you know we we could talk about it like you know it's whatever but i feel like if trump win it's just gonna further down people of color and like just be like this just like but I, I, honestly bro like I, I i don't think we i'm specifically talking about black people or just people of color in general i i, I don't I, I don't feel like we would go out and like try to incite like a war or any type of r- racial war or anything like that i don't think we would do that but let's say Biden wins you have seen there's been plenty of videos out there of these southern white people that you mentioned making these threats that if Biden wins, then, you know, basically saying it's on, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I, I believe a hundred percent in what they saying, like, I'm not doubting them. I don't think I don't like, I, I, I like, I'm, I'm real, like me personally, I'm real quick to call somebody on their bluff. Like when people be doing all that tough talking and stuff on the internet, I'm, I'm, that's like my go-to thing. I'd like you, yeah, you bluffing, whatever. But like with these dudes, these Southern white dudes who are clearly racist and they, they genuinely don't care. But like I, I genuinely think that they, like that, that that that's gonna be the first thing that they do. Like, and, and I'm telling people like, man, like, and, and I'm I'm never the one to like advocate for this, but like, please protect yourself coming after this election. Like, it's specifically and most importantly, if if Biden wins, like, if you are a person of color, like, this, I I I do not think it's going to be good at all. Like, I think it's probably like I said, probably gonna be the worst fallout from any election that has ever happened in, in this country. Like, and I, like, I, I completely agree with what you just said. Like, and I think it's real big. Like, I always think, I always like hearing when, you know, when white people do admit that white privilege is a thing. Cause like, it's like normally if you do say that to somebody like they, you, you know, just a natural human reaction, they get offended. Like, you know, yeah. and, and, and they, they, they kind of, I, I think the, the misconception is some, think that when they say that it's like oh you think I don't work hard for you know everything that I've done and I work my ass off and I did I'm like yeah you did but I mean there's obviously a clear advantage there you know what I'm saying like and it was even some I, I remember I was watching this show um it was this coach um that Dabo Sweeney I, I forgot what, what what college football it's a big college football I think it's Clemson I think and he um he, he grew up in a real rough way you know what I'm saying he had a rough upbringing and like I remember this comment, this analyst saying, like, specifically on this topic, because I think he had some to say about uh, Black Lives Matter or so, some some along those lines to one of his players, and he just kind of just completely bombed it and, and missed the mark on what he was trying to say. Like I, w- I wish I could remember verbatim what he said, but it, it was like, it, basically, yeah, basically what he was saying, like, you know, it doesn't matter what skin color you are, yada yada yada, you can always make it, da 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 da. But that's his experience, you know. What I'm saying as a white male growing up in this country, yes, he did grow up in a struggle. Yes, he did have a rough upbringing. But bro, you gotta realize you have an advantage that some of your players, your black players, do not have. It's not as simple as just saying, "Oh yeah, you know, if you work hard and keep gritting at it and keep going hard, then you know you'll make it one day." Like that's not that that's not the case. And you gotta realize that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? But him being a southern white male who came out of the struggle, you can't tell him shit. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing you can tell this man. Like the, the his only line of thinking in this world, whatever will be, regardless of your skin color, regardless if you're Mexican, black, regardless if you're Asian, like whatever ethnicity or background you come from, if you work hard, you can do it. 
like you know what I'm saying. It's it, like him as a white male is impossible for him to understand the concept of white privilege. You know what I'm saying. And like it, it's always good to hear when white people are like just aware that white privilege is a thing. You know what I'm saying. Not trying to act like this thing is like some mythical creature that people just made up as an excuse. I'm like, dog, it's it's legit. Like we all know it's legit. You know what I'm saying. And like just just hearing you admit that that's that that's big. That's big. Well, and and the 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 hard truth of that is too is in America, black people have been working hard for four hundred years since they came over on boats. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. They worked hard uh, as slaves, building the backbone of our country. And there's white people now wondering why why is this anger built into the DNA of the black community? It's like because for centuries. They've not been getting their due. And, you know, if you want to say America's the greatest nation, it, it started on the backs of slaves. And and you have to be able to admit that. And for someone to tell a person of color, just work hard. And you, they've been working hard since since day one, since the day they stepped on this country. And it hasn't been good. You know, even up until now, we're starting we're, we're still seeing it like. And I don't know. I I do think it's it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But I'm hopeful that you know my daughter's going to see the day where uh, this is something that we all helped solve together. But who knows? You know, Andrew, we've been and I I fully did not intend for us to get into such a deep conversation. But I I very much love that we did because. Again, it's it's like Dave and I mentioned. You know, we love we love talking about the things that we're passionate about. And one of the things that we're passionate about is this. You know, like I, it's it's no fucking secret again how I feel about like the racial inequality in this country and the way like the government is just keeping everything down and like you know don't be mistaken. As much as I love talking about Watchmen and uh, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. I very much love talking about how fucked up our system is and needs to be fixed, but yeah. we're definitely going to have to have you back on for a part two. I mean, the, the way we talk, probably part three. Um, but, <laughs> but thank you again, man, for coming on really quick before we go. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at uh, AD Thompson underscore underscore. You know, you can find me on Instagram at the, the you know, the same, uh, the same handle uh, you find on my written work. Over on the post wrestling site, the great post wrestling site, man. And you can uh, check out my uh, you, my interviews at Andrew Thompson Interviews and on YouTube. And that's it. Awesome, thank you, thank you again for coming on, man. And like, so and yeah, it's like I mentioned, I very much love that we got to talk about this here at the end because like this this is stuff that you and I have talked about, like you know, uh, like on Twitter or on Instagram, like whenever mm-hmm. we talk, because like pick pick at you, you know, every other day. There's something new for like for any minority to be angry about whether you know whether it's a black person or, or someone in the hispanic culture or somebody asian dave like it, it's always something and you're always gonna you're always gonna find yourself in a position where like get as mad as you want about it and feel what you need to feel you know, don't let, don't ever let anyone like if you, if you, there's anything anyone will takes away from this listening is don't ever let anyone be li- like belittle how you feel about a certain situation because nobody has the right to tell anyone how they should or shouldn't feel about any particular thing or how angry or how you yeah. know disappointed they should feel about it. 
Um, it's very easy for people who have never been in those situations to be like, well, it's all right. Just get over it. But it's it's not that, you know, like human emotions don't have an on and off switch where we can feel that way. And like, you know, you being from the D.C. area and like, you know, me from Chicago, like I've witnessed no shortage of like fucked up racial inequality you know whether you want to fucking start with just like gentrification you know like if it's something as small as that or if it's something like yeah the cops straight up murdered somebody in cold blood and got away with it and you have to like sit around and hear people try to justify it you know it's like well they shouldn't have been committing a crime and it's like yeah well guess what the police's job is also not to just fucking kill everybody you know they're not supposed to kill bad guys either they're supposed to like serve and protect but uh, you know uh, again thank you so much for coming on and like the next time that we speak i'm i'm sure there's not going to be any sh- it's racism isn't going to be fixed the next time that we speak so i'm, I'm actually looking forward to hey, speaking some, yeah some yeah. some more about this and seeing where we are as a country because again right now it sort of feels like we're um we're at that point in the movie where shit's about to hit the fan yeah, yeah, we're at the tip. Oh of yeah, we're at the. We're oh up. yeah, Thanos is collecting those Infinity Stones right now, <laughs> and uh, let's let's hope that this time the Avengers can stop that snap. For all you comic book nerds, I, I, I everyone listening is hopefully get that reference. Uh, but thank you again, Andrew. Yeah, thanks. hundred percent, man. Uh, Dave, Dave, man, you, you, Berto, like hundred percent. I appreciate y'all. You know, I appreciate all the support y'all give me, man. So, you know, much love to the both of you. And I, I like really, like genuinely enjoyed this conversation from from start to finish. Thank you again to Andrew Thompson for that. Uh, I need to start that Mindhunter show, like. I, yeah, <laughs> like I, I well, I've been hearing a lot my, of people this week talk about it. Yeah, my my brother came to the house uh, like the day after, and I was like, you know what? We were just interviewing someone, and he he mentioned Mindhunters again. He's like, oh, you got to watch it, dude. Everyone that's seen it has said that you have to watch it. So, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. This thing's probably good. Well, you know what? We didn't even talk about it up front. The boys uh, wrapped up. I, I don't think you and I have talked about it. Period. The boys. No, the boys finally wrapped up, and uh, yeah, what did you, what did you think? I mean, we, we, we'll talk. We'll go a little bit more in depth with spoilers next week. Um, yeah, but what, what did you think? Um, well, one, a lot of finales end up. You get hyped, 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 and you get to the top of the roller coaster, and then it's just a big letdown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this one, they they really tied up some loose ends. Um, you got to see some cathartic, uh, payback for some people and, um, they really pushed some characters like story arcs, like really further. And then like they hit us with a bunch of like crazy out of left field reveals to things that we weren't quite expecting. So I think they did really good. Um, they added a lot of depth of dimension to two characters in particular, um, but overall, it's like this could have been a, a series finale. Yeah. Like if you think, I mean, they, they leave one big cliffhanger lingering that, but like for the most part, this show could have rolled off into the sunset. And this would have been one of the best series finales I think I've seen. Dude, Carl Urban as Billy Butcher. Oh, amazing. The there, Listen, there's a specific scene where he picks up a crowbar 
And, and you're like, oh, shit. And the scene could have gone – the scene – there's two ways that scene could have gone. It obviously yeah. went the one way. But – and I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry if I'm being yeah. vague and speaking in riddles to some of you. But if you've watched it, you know why when he picks up uh, that crowbar, you would believe that the worst yeah. could happen just because in that moment, like, that character is not very happy. But – like yeah, wonderful show. I, I can't. You re- wouldn't blame him. No, you, you almost couldn't blame him. Oh yeah, almost. It's like I, I, I see where you're coming from, bud. And whatever happens, happens. But and okay. and you really feel for him. Like even though whatever he would have done with that crowbar was a really bad, vile thing. You are you're almost like, oh, I can't say too much. But whatever you're feeling right now. I don't wish that on you at all. Yeah. And so and listen, very, very good show. If you haven't already, uh, season two wrapped up. So go, go ahead and get started on both of them. Uh, I can't wait for and, them to come back because again, it's just such awesome yeah, storytelling. I think it's going to be a while, but that's why like, if anyone's worried that you got, you know, you're behind by two seasons, you, you're going to have a little time to catch up because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a while before they get to season three. But yeah, plus the ep- plus the episodes go by pretty quick. Um, yeah, yeah, for our shows, it's like I, I'm always almost every single episode of every season of the boys. When the show ended, I was like, "Oh, that's all. That's all we get." And it's not it's not because they shorted us, but it's because like I want to be in that universe as long as I can. And technically, we're in the universe, so yeah. My favorite thing now when people discover the show is to be like. <laughs> Uh, you know, technically, I exist in the universe. Yeah, we're in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're in there. Uh, but yeah, very awesome. Another very awesome thing is that we got to see a friend of the show this week, Ryan Mears. Ryan Mears stopped by yes. the shop. Uh, he didn't pick up an order. I gave him a, a ton of uh, stickers and stuff. Very awesome person. Uh, he's someone that we would see at freelance shows all the time. And yeah. you know, I like. Oh, speaking of freelance shows, r- really quickly. Awesome show that they put on yesterday at the collective, as well as Effie. Effie's Big Gay Brunch was was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get the chance to to go back and watch both those shows, go back and watch them. They're up on Fight TV, but really fun, really good shows, especially for like the time slot that the freelance show went on. They went on a little bit later. Yeah. Awesome, uh, Trevor Outlaw. <laughs> uh, His poor nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, hit himself in the dick with a confetti gun. God, God bless Trevor. Trevor, I love you. Uh, that made my weekend. Uh, yeah. But uh, please spin that, spin that into gold, sir. Take that and make it a thing. I hope he does. Listen, I already saw yeah. Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp saying he wants to interview him. So I fingers crossed that happens because yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ryan Mir stopped by the shop, and uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's fan of the week. Discrump and stank. I'm riding today to be the fan of the week. Your services suck, my order is fucked. Place this morning I'm free. I hope it keeps you awake. You ain't ever getting Omaha steaks. Signed your fan of the week. Have a nice day. This is a friend of the show, Ryan Mears, reading this week's fan of the week. This one comes from. Denny from Parts Unknown. 
Hello, I was wondering if there's any Adam Cold Bullet Club shirts still available I can buy. Also, tell Moxley, Dean, I can take him and kick his ass because Kingston couldn't, and Brick hates him for being a punk bitch. Also, would like to pay over phone, not sight. Thanks. Who's Brick? I think you met Brock. Have a nice day. Always wonderful hearing from uh, Ryan Mears. I, I want to get Clifford Frazier on as well. Clifford Frazier is someone who comes by the shop, and uh, you gotta love you gotta love Clif- Clifford Frazier. He's always blessing us with his presence and little trinkets and having us autograph stuff. We love Clifford. Exactly, Clifford. You listen to this uh, next time you come by the shop. Let me know. We'll we'll get you to record a fan of the week. But Dave, uh, it's been a pretty long episode. Uh, I want to once again thanks everyone for listening. If this is your first time, uh, go back and listen to some of our older episodes. We have so many fun-filled ones. We did Effie last week, which was just a blast. Uh, we've had um, Kylie Ray, Brody King, Colt Cabana, uh, who well, Ethan Page, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Horn Swaggle, along with you know a bunch of other people here that work at the shop. Uh, so just go back and listen to them. There's a very fun one with Killer Cross. Um, what was that? Friends of the show everywhere. Yeah, friends of the show everywhere. Um, and hey, like I mentioned last week, last Saturday, we dropped an episode with um, Marvelous Matt Nix, Murderous Matt Nix, Murderous. Uh, reviewing House of a Thousand Corpses. This Saturday, uh, we'll be dropping another one with Marty DeRosa talking about The Shining, as well as like a lot of other just general horror movie stuff. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll be dropping one with friend of the show, Wes Allen, uh, and going over Hereditary. So if you're a fan of The Shining, keep an eye out on the on the feed. It's free. You know, it's, it's just a bonus show. Uh, keep an eye out on this feed, and that one will pop up Saturday. Um, but Dave, uh, it's been a long week, and uh, your boy your boy has the itis now from eating all that ramen. So if I look down at my watch, I'm pretty sure it's gonna it's about that time that uh, I've run out of things to say here at the PWT Cast. And and I have nothing left to say myself. So all right, guys. Well, for the PWT Cast, I've been Scrump, and this is Stank, and this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here. Friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.